Gals, I'm Brian. And I'm Brad. It's been so long since I've been able to use this introduction. Welcome to a, a tier list, a new thing we're doing since Fast X came out. We're going to tier list all the movies, then do our spoilery review. We'll do Fast X last, so that way you can watch all the tier list up until that point, and then decide whether or not you want to watch Fast X or not. Yep, yep. The best places, since I'll put in the time code, would be YouTube or Spotify, but sometimes the time code can differentiate because of the audio programs let's get into it ah i think we should start with the best movie hobbs and shaw yes absolute (laughs) best movie little teaser hobbs and shaw is gonna be my lowest so everybody you can go to the description to see what our different rankings mean i added the traditional s a b c d f and i added one more which i'll say in a second but next to it i put the emojis that we use for ayahuasca mushroom edible joints skunky poison and molly which is the new tier i added which is the x tier (laughs) movie Uh, you can see why all those rankings are how they are but for this first one i figured i'd put both to make it easier for everybody but we're gonna go in chronological release date order or no release date order how are you in terms of this brad i prefer to rewatch my franchises in release date order are you a chronological um, it depends it depends on the franchise like this franchise i would rather watch in release date order mm. but something like the marvel series cinematic universe i'd rather watch in like chronological in world timeline order so that way you can kind of understand a little bit more of things are the way they are because you get some random movies especially kind of like some of the more future timeline movies that are talking about specific events and you're like well we don't know anything about that how why are you talking about this event or if you watch it in timeline order then you'll say oh yeah well that happened in civil war that happened in the winter soldier i now understand what they're referring to when they talk about this so but like a series like this where it's not necessarily crucial to watch everything in timeline order that i that i don't gotcha i am still a release date order person for mcu but but i see what you're saying especially with this one because having tokyo drift is as three and having it not be resolved until technically furious seven is kind of a feature of the franchise it adds a little bit like oh okay when are we getting to tokyo each time uh, han can kind of tease that in and, and then Fast we have furious mentioning it in the dr and then you know uh, i thought we were going to tokyo we'll get there yeah and then we we have so we have tokyo drift and then it kind of like gets unresolved in four because han's in the beginning of four and you're like yeah. he died in three <laughs> and then you realize oh this happened before and this is how this is why han goes to japan so and and even in furious six where it's like wait okay so we still don't know if tokyo's coming does that mean giselle might die because she wasn't in tokyo drift what's going to happen to their relationship it adds a extra level of tension for me when i was watching it yeah well, right. i agree with that so in the series i chronological or timeline release order I, I said all three options and it um pretty sure i didn't make any sense uh <laughs> we're watching these in the release order of how the movie's released starting back in like 2001 with the fast and the furious even if it didn't make sense you're still uh not gonna end up being the most confusing person on this podcast so you're <laughs> you're good but yes we should start with the fast and the furious and i'll do as quick as i can a little summary so this one is where we meet brian spilner but really brian o'connor who's supposed to be taking down dominic toretto and his whole family but when he falls in love with mia and then falls in love with dom for sticking up for him when he gets called the gay f slur word uh, he has a change of heart and lets them go uh, brad i know i'm gonna be more controversial so let's start with you where would your oh 
So this is how we're going to do the ranking. If I say S tier and Brad says D tier, we'll settle on B tier. So that's how this is all going to go. But Brad, we'll, where would we'll you av- we'll, we'll average out our scores. Yeah. Uh, and if, so, if it's an A or a B, whoever feels more strongly will get it. The other person will stand down. Or I'll just be like, ha ha, movies are dope. That's my, <laughs> this is my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, Brad is not just a trophy co-host. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, I'm the opposite of a trophy co-host. <laughs> Brad, spread your wings and fly. <laughs> All right, no more delays, Brad. What do you think? Where should the Fast and the Furious go? And why? this movie is very nostalgic for me. Even rewatching it today, I still kind of get the same kind of feelings that I got when I watched it the first umpteen times, dozen, dozen and a half times. I remember spending my own money and buying this this DVD when it came out. So for me, I'm going to go with an A tier. I would say overall, it's in my top three top four ish movies out of the franchise just because it's so nostalgic and just watching it today i mean i'm getting goosebumps just talking about it so all right so that was the sugar here's (laughs) (laughs) and i'm gonna put you uh your spot first and then uh it's that's a bad idea for this because it's just gonna piss people off where it's gonna move but (laughs) (laughs) so my introduction to the franchise was actually tokyo drift i'm not putting in c tier i'm just putting it here so you can see as a visual and i loved it it was pure racing It, it for me still it's the purest racing film out of all the fast and furious films so I'm glad that it's gotten more love as time went on, but it really confused me how it got dogged on so much early days from the original fans, especially since all I hear these days, understandably, is, can't we get racing back? (laughs) (laughs) Come on, (laughs) I want more racing. So that should inform this viewing experience where I come in and the first 30 minutes is racing-ish with like a heist. And then all of a sudden, Brian Spilner is Brian. O'Connor. Everyone said it's point break redone. And now we have this whole FBI thing. So the first time I watched it, the FBI came out of nowhere. I was like, ah, ah, and just felt so uh, ham fisted or shoved in for me the first time. Since I've watched it, it's gotten better in my eyes. But certain things like the third act I felt was really sloppy. They had all these different disconnected parts like Johnny Tran comes into the third act almost not at all except to randomly come in and kill jesse when he comes back for no reason (laughs) he's like hey i went away for 30 minutes if we could i would have made it all come together like jesse's the one who brought brian and mia to the heist and johnny tran looking for jesse comes in and starts messing stuff up even more and have that all be one big sequence i'm sure the budget wouldn't have allowed it at the time this is all just speaking you know if possible uh, dreaming let's say so it would have been an f my first time i'm saying that right here (laughs) (laughs) it would have been an f since then it's kind of a, a d plus for me a skunky in the fast and furious or in our uh movies are dope rating so you had as mushroom you said all right it's gonna take a lot for me to get to a mushroom because i i think uh normally i'd put a few up in s tier but ayahuasca is just like it's more than s tier so i'm gonna gonna put it like 
for me, I'm going to put like ayahuasca as like the top one, the top, maybe top two. So this this being top three is why I'm putting it in my A tier. Yeah. Like me, there's very few ayahuasca movies like Blind Spotting, I Care A Lot, things like that. But for so, Fast and Furious, I, I'll, I'll change that for the Fast and Furious tier list. I'll keep it to S. So I'm at D and I don't feel so strongly that I'd force it to be a C. So how do you feel about a B? Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, okay. I could see that. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to piss everybody off. The first time. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks. Thanks for half those viewers. I appreciate your time. And, um, this is the your tier rating of the Fast and Furious podcast. <laughs> yeah, I've already on Thursday. I saw Fast X once, and on Friday I saw Fast X twice. So I've already seen it three times. I do like Rapids. I love this franchise. Uh, if this was like our last film that we were ranking, I might push more for a C. But I, I've grown to enjoy it. It just feels so disjointed. Like the action scenes, some of them feel like speed racer sequences before the wachowski sisters did speed racer but then it's also trying to be very grounded and like have uh, a heavy plot and have real world consequences yeah and who wrote it uh the guy who wrote training day and directed the first suicide squad movie what's his name like he he was the wrong he no he was the right writer for this movie the effects that made it look so cartoonish were the wrong effects for me because okay. like all right because he he made letty and me uh actual characters instead of boobs with legs you know how through, how through like the majority of the series <laughs> they're yeah. finally starting to actually have like real be real people nowadays yeah but but if you go back then you're like oh shit like letty's bossing dom around <laughs> yeah <laughs> what movie do we see and uh and the me, female love interest yeah and she yelled at <laughs> what's his name too the other guy the, the red guy mia gets her own driving sequence like this is stuff that in the marvel cinematic universe they're like we're 20 movies in, and black widow gets to be more than uh boobs for the hulk to fall into in <laughs> josh josh sweden's movies so it's great i just think it was disjointed and i don't think rob cohen's a great director hey do you want to say anything positive before we move on to, to watch um, the nostalgia, nostalgia wise without this movie i don't know if i would have continued with this movie and then the second movie i don't know if i would have continued without the first movie being as good in my eyes as it was because we're going to talk about too fast too furious oh boy <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going to piss people off because I'll, I'll go first with this one. Because <laughs> if I was doing mine solo, this would be at a D, and then I'd put Too Fast, Too Furious at a C. I think it's, <laughs> I, I think it's delightful, solid, structurally. I just don't think it's special. I think it has some good character work, It's and it's it marries all the, uh, the ingredients better than the fast and the furious did but it's solid it's solid <laughs> so make, make people happy and, <laughs> and ruin my c rating where would you put it i mean for me it's a d or an f for me it this goes between another movie in the franchise as my kind of worst two and at any given time it's kind of flip flack back and forth between the worst one and the second worst one not including any spin-off movies that happen oh, to have geez. the name the fast and furious <laughs> in the title of it <laughs> uh, on island over in the um in samoa in samoa <laughs> uh, ran and then fell off a 13 or 100 story building and happened to survive 
But, All right, but then I'm very curious to find out eventually what your other lower is because I was like, maybe he means Hobson Shaw when saying that. Oh, no. So I'm, I'll put it as a, I, I, for me, it's hard to put it as an F because it does function well as a movie. I just, we can move it to D. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm probably, when I come to this, I'm probably sitting at a D because I don't think it deserves an F despite, you know, it probably weren't one of the worst in the franchise, but it still functions well as a movie overall. It still progresses the story kind of overall. It brings in new characters that will later on be staples in the franchise so I'm there's also the molly <laughs> I'm, nah, so, I'll probably i don't know how D. anything's getting to a molly all right so we'll move it down to a d i don't feel bad about that tokyo drift do you want to go first or do you want me <laughs> you can go first on this one i'm all right I, th- so, I think you and i will probably be pretty close on this one okay so tokyo drift is like a top tier fast and furious movie for me, even today it's not gonna you know the title sequence where it shows looks like i did it after training for a week and learning visual effects or just going on premiere pro and be like hey what preset uh way to make random letters fly together it's it looks bad shockingly it had almost an 80 million dollar budget actually probably not shockingly because you can see when looking at the behind the scenes they did a set for the shibuya sequence where they drift through the pedestrians they just added a lot of digital background and they did a lot of real stunts but this felt like to me a great introduction to han the characters the idea of racing it gave a unique spin on it with the drifting i mean i'm not even a car guy i don't i don't normally care for oh man ooga, ooga. <laughs> you know <laughs> it, i like those elements in the later films because it's all about love and family and it's not just uh dick measuring <laughs> <laughs> which into why I don't like one of the movies specifically because it feels like oh you're phoning in the family and you're just is all about the flexing this <laughs> um, while also flexing this uh, everyone knows what it, I'm talking about yeah I was but, say w- one of those is his arms one of those is his forehead not sure which one's which but you can figure it out <laughs> and yeah I get it like. People clown on uh, the main guy's accent, but the movie also clowns on it real early. So kind of never bothered me. My rad. <laughs> that, that was the person making fun of the main guy, not, not the guy. But Sean Boswell, it, it was a it was a good, solid story. There was inventive transitions, like when he's in the police station and it transitions into the plane and i just thought it was so good especially in its nuances when justin lynn came in he was like yeah this script is pretty racist (laughs) and the studio (laughs) to their credit was like what would you change and he was like all right bing bang boom let's do this and let's add in just good texture and good the the fact that this was whenever it released it just seems ahead of its time like this would be getting clowned on by the critical drinker if it was today like oh we got a force i can't do an uh an impersonation of the critical drinker but he's like he would be like oh we're forcing diversity why can't it be all white <laughs> why does there have to be a, a woman with agency but i i truly love this and it turned drifting into a beautiful, beautiful sequence during certain parts, like when Neil is explaining it to his Sean. So for me, it's an A tier. It's a mushroom. What about you? 
so to answer one of your questions, this movie came out in 2006. Mm. Um, because, and I'm, I'm not going to go this, I, I won't bury the lead too far. Because of this movie, I was interested in drifting like a lot of people were at this time. Drifting became like a, a thing. It's still a thing nowadays, but not nearly as as popular as it was back then. But I'm, I would imagine that a lot of people, if you talk to like drifting, the drifting circuit now, a lot of them watched this movie and became interested in drifting just because it's been now several uh, a couple of years, maybe two or three years since this movie came out or something like that. It feels like it not, feels like not, it came out 30 years ago, based not, on how my body feels today. Yeah. Not 17 years ago. Like it, like the movie says it does. I feel like it came out like three or four years ago based on how sprung I feel and how fast I got out of bed in the morning. Two um, or three years ago when flip phones were still all the rage. Yeah. <laughs> and they had video on those flip phones. That's how far behind we were. And they had like FaceTime. <laughs> wait, now I'm thinking about how, at, wait, we're back to flip phones. <laughs> Folding yeah, phones. They had they flip just... phones that had video capabilities that you could like FaceTime video everybody in a group. <laughs> That's crazy. In 2006. Back in 2006, I think I had like a, a razor phone. <laughs> and <laughs> since they did the transitions through all the different cameras on that final track, theoretically, you should be able to flip through everyone's live streams of this yeah. race to stay up to date with the race. So for me, this is probably the fourth or fifth movie. It kind of goes back and forth with another movie based on how I'm feeling. This is the movie I've probably seen the most amount of times for a while. There was on TV on loop for most weekends. So I know I've seen this movie probably the most out of every movie. I would nice. probably put it I'd probably put it in like a B minus, like a an edibly minus. I mean I'm So then that would make So this is how I'm going to do it. If this that's a B minus and this is an A for me, then it would <laughs> Is that your puppy? <laughs> Chew it on a, a dog. It's adorable. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't want to make sure she wasn't choking because the other the other two dogs because um, we got two other or we have one other dog and then another dog's here and they all ran to her so I was like, um, <laughs> hey, no, you're good. Yeah, they're, they're okay. Yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah, she's staring at me now, so she looks okay. So doing the math on it in my head, I would see since we did the Fast and the Furious, you had A, I had D. It would it ended up being a B minus. And since you're giving the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift a B minus and me an A or a mushroom and edible, then I'd end up putting it here. Does that sound fair? Um, yeah, it's, I'd say it sounds fair. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed if it stayed an A. If you gave it like an A plus, I gave it like a B minus and it came out to like an A. I, I mean, wouldn't be, this, I wouldn't be opposed to that. This looks to me like a B plus and then this would be a B minus with our average scores. So okay. I'm fine with it being that's, here. That's fair. Unless you want it in it. No, I mean it's I'm I'm okay in either spot. I think it's a solid movie. I don't I don't think we'll ruffle too many feathers putting it at a B. I don't think we'd I think we'd ruffle some feathers that floated down the list a little bit. <laughs> and I'll put this on screen, but I forgot to intro this section. I want to try to make it a thing of uh, naming each three movies every three movies uh, Hobbs and Shaw messed it up a little bit but for me these three movies make the foundation era if that makes sense like they kind of set the foundation for the rest of the films later on for for me I would call this like the racing era this is when we were actually mm -hmm. racing this is when we actually you know had racing as a fundamental part of the movies there's one movie that's kind of a little bit of an exception to that but that's ways down the line but these three movies are are foundationally rooted in racing. 
Yeah. Um, now from these movies on, we kind of go away from racing and more of like um, <laughs> um, criminals kind of section. But yeah, for me, this is like the racing racing trilogy. All right, so that's where we're at with the racing or foundations era. Uh, Tokyo Drift as an edible. Uh, the Fast and the Furious is edible, and then Too Fast, Too Furious as the skunky. Let's transition into what I would call the Escalations era, where everything gets more and bigger. For instance, Fast and Furious is a bigger kind of remake of the Fast and the Furious in terms of uh, rebooting the franchise to a degree, but also the opening sequence, and they say this in the special features, is just a remake of the opening heist. They just did it with a bigger better budget i'm putting it better in quotes because i think we can all agree that the final sequence is inferior to uh, the fast and the furious's final sequence since one feels real and one feels like it's in cgi tunnels um but <laughs> for me i i think i liked this more when i saw it uh, at, before getting more of entries in the franchise uh, but the opening sequence is great for me so it ends up as a C or joint. How about you? This is kind of one of those middle bottom movies for me. I did not like it that much coming out of Tokyo Drift mm. um, because we took that hard turn from, and I, I like the way you're phrasing this, this next set of three is the escalation because that's what it really did. It really escalated the, the heights of everything. It really pushed the boundaries on a lot of things and it changed them more from local criminals to escalating to gr- global criminals. Um, because in this movie they go to they go to Mexico and start kind of getting in trouble a little bit in Mexico and crossing the border and stuff like that. Watching it now that we've seen Fast Ten, looking back on this movie, it's a little bit better than I remember it being. I know I've watched this movie not that long ago, probably the last year. I would probably say, yeah, probably like a I'd say joint. I'd probably say on the lower end of a joint, but yeah, better than Too Fast Too Furious, but not nearly as good as a one and three for me. So C is probably probably pretty solid on that one. We we got a consensus. <laughs> did you I, say that it was better than the Fast and the Furious, or did you say better than Too Fast Too Furious? Better than Too Fast Too Furious, okay. but not as good as one and three. I was like, wait, I should. How did I not realize when you're saying C? But I thought I misheard. <laughs> Maybe I'll cut that out. Uh, all right, next is Fast Five. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so this, like most of the franchise, I was like, woo wee. Fast Five, like that whole heist sequence at the end uh, and everything with the vault. Let's be real. Dwayne Johnson coming in. Uh, it didn't show to most fans. We couldn't tell that they had contracts that neither one could lose. You know, we were still in <laughs> a yet, golden era. Um, but as time went on and I made a video about it, I realized that Tom, Tom caused all this for no reason. He caused Vince's death. He like the opening sequence is also great with the train heist, but he, he just, he was just a dick. <laughs> like <laughs> the guy on the job is like, I get that car. And he just goes, <laughs> like you, your first instruction to us, you are paying us. So I, I knock it down to an A, which by the way, if this was compared to all the films on the podcast, the review, it would probably be a B because it's not a blind spot spotting for me. None of these films are, but there will end up being blind spotting or uh, ayahuasca movies on this tier list. Uh, but for me, it ends up as a mushroom 
in context of the Fast franchise because it is hugely entertaining, but it doesn't have a good villain. It has a very generic villain. Even on the director's commentary, Justin Lin says, uh, yeah, so this scene, the bad guy is doing the bad guy thing. <laughs> he kind of says, yeah, we figured it out. Like, we had to do this here. So uh, this was our best guess. End of the deal. And also, Dom causes the whole thing and then gaslights Brian and says, should he call O'Connor? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what? You're a dick. <laughs> not, you're being a dick right now. And also, yes, you should listen to Vince more often because Vince would be alive if you did. But undeniably, it's it's a bop. And starting with Furious 6, you're going to start giving your ranking first because I forgot. <laughs> oh, we're good. We're good. For me, Fast Five is definitely, it rotates with one depending on how I feel. Mm-hmm. So one and five are those two that are just like, well, depending on how I'm feeling that day. Okay. Um, so I would put it as an A tier also because I would put I'd put the Fast and the Furious in what, as, as the A tier, as the, as the Mushroom tier too. So yeah, it's I have no problem with where it's sitting right now. <laughs> Another consensus <laughs> yeah. that'll probably break with the next one, Furious Six. Even though the poster does say Fast and Furious Six and all the promotional materials, but in the movie and on the director's commentary is confirmed, it is canonically called Furious Six. So that is Fast Five and Furious Six. Where, sir? Does this movie, which was originally going to be two parts, rank for you on the tier list? For me, this edges out the other other favorite movie of the franchise. So for me, this is probably my favorite Fast and the Furious movie to date. So with that being said, I think it would have to go in the S tier just because in the franchise, it is for me the best movie and edges out the other best movie that everybody else likes. We are we are consensusing again because <laughs> this one. By the way, we still have five episodes in the can. I don't know if we'll ever actually do it as a podcast, but I got a like a long running podcast because I still need to get my shit together with the Bond Minute Bonds to have those. <laughs> I have a better schedule, but uh, eventually we're going to release the first five episodes that we recorded where we were going to put. Furious six and fast five against each other one minute at a time. But or what or was it six and seven? No, it was five and six. The origin of it came from me saying, Why is Fast Five the best for fan for all fans? Because Furious <laughs> Six has always been just a bit better for me. But yeah, it it's still my favorite of the franchise because I love, as I've told Brad before, just huge casts somehow making an entertaining film that never drags and everything is perfectly balanced. So that's Um, for me. It really benefited from being two films that got smushed into one because it has the tank sequence and the plane sequence. And uh, I, I love it. It, it does such, did such a great job. It does so much on setting up all of the rest of the movies in the series from, from now fast five, but before, you know, a couple weeks ago, Fast, Fast and the Furious Six, what, Furious Six was kind of the bridge that pushed everything else, that connected everything else together. Um, it brought the motivation for seven. It brought the characters for eight, nine, and now ten. So the whole cast from this from this point on, this is where the cast is, with the exception of the late the late uh, Paul Walker. But without with that being said, the entire cast is in this movie from this point on, and they really did a really good job of 
melding everybody's story together, not only having the big action sequences, but also having a story pushing everything forward and pushing the yeah. franchise forward. So this this is a really good cap from the escalation tier, um, the escalation set to the next um, three movies, four movies, however you want to characterize those. And one thing I really like about the franchise is even though Leo and Santos take a back seat uh, uh, <laughs> in later movies, they never forget them, which I, I adore uh, in terms of this franchise. Like, it's not just respecting Paul Walker, it's just respecting everyone who took the time to, I don't know, what's the phrase? Um, give a bar it, i i fucked that up there's some movie that's musical that's like oh uh hustle and flow i just want to like add my bar to the mu- never mind i'll cut it out <laughs> <laughs> i won't cut it out because brad left it watch hustle and flow that's the one. let's just keep going <laughs> did you uh, have anything else for furious six no anybody that thinks it's not the best movie is wrong any moving on uh, <laughs> to, to, to the other movie that everybody gets choked up at and a lot of grown grown men cried and they will admit that they cried at the end of this movie furious seven which obviously has the touching tribute at the end to the late paul walker who died during the filming of this this um, and merlin and kingsman the golden circle <laughs> the two <laughs> things i see on tiktok so much where it's just like real men cried <laughs> Obviously, it had a lot of good music. It had the song that got played on the radio for years, it felt like, after this movie. What was it? See You Again? Or I forgot what the official title was. Oh! Yep. <laughs> oh, um, before you say your ra- ranking, I'm going to piss people off, but I'll explain it when it gets to me. This, for me, the next three movies is the disappointment. Era. So, 789. Okay. 789. I will explain when it's my turn. Don't get too pissed off. I understand. <laughs> but I, I kind of have an, an understanding of why that is. For me, this would be like, uh, this would be floating the line between S and like, like an S tier and like an A plus. So I'm, I'm good with either spot. Really. This is a lot of people's favorite movie. I understand why it does kind of still connect with the big cast. It obviously has the bigger emotional backdrop of losing Paul during this movie, which is felt throughout the rest of the movies so i would put this as an s tier and a tier solid story solid action sequences yeah i would be good in either spot i'm gonna make everybody happy and push it to an s tier it is below six for me yes uh, and i'll explain why but to explain the disappointment era as i titled it obviously paul walker dying is a disappointment that's an unintentional one but it's relevant to the title. The reason why this is the first in the disappointment era more than that is because it is even without having to factor in how to write out Brian on screen. This is a very sloppy movie. uh, And I don't think it's James Wan's fault. He had to do a lot. He had to bring in all these disparate elements that have been left hanging since Tokyo drift and fast and furious brought Han back. So we had to wrap up Han's death, pay off the tease of Jason Statham coming back to get revenge for his brother, Owen Shaw. We had to resolve Letty's memory issues, which I admire. I admire this franchise, not just doing first, they did it amazingly well in six, but they didn't resolve it even fully by then. They gave it another movie to resolve things and take their time as opposed to like Sam Raimi's Spider-Man three, which is just like, no memory loss? Yeah, memory loss. Oh, memory loss is gone. Oh, but, you know, 
that was very sloppy. These movies take their time and do it well. But then we have this extra element of Mr. Nobody and then this God's Eye and Ramsey and Jakande, I think his name is, by Jimun Hansu and this extra mission. And then Deckard Shaw is coming in, kind of chasing them like behind, like, no, but I'm still trying to shoot you. (laughs) Like, let me, let me throw a wrench into this sequence, into this sequence. So ultimately it's a very disjointed kind of sloppy movie. I would, in terms of that, I would put it below fast five in terms of that. I might even put it below Tokyo drift, even though it is entertaining, but the last act is like this game of hot potato with a drone which is fine like it was entertaining the first time but on a rewatch recently i'm like this is very dark and not very not super visually interesting the biggest part was dom and deckard (laughs) doing their street fight but with that ending which i just have to give a tip to the hat to chris morgan the series writer who wrote tokyo drift Fast and Furious, Fast Five, Fast and Furious Six, Furious Seven, or Furious Six, Furious Seven, and jumped ship to Hobbs and Shaw, which is where he kind of got out. You know, the whole <laughs> got a little you, loose. <laughs> you, you, well, he kind of got kicked out of the franchise with F Nine uh, in terms of writing credits. At this point, they're like, you you chose the wrong alpha male to go with, Chris. Um, he just said he sat down and wrote that whole beautiful ending which really which elevates this to s tier as sloppy as it is it can't take the top spot for me because it is so sloppy with all those other parts but whoo it 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 brought the emotional impact and that was enough to yeah for me elevated to s tier Um, yeah watching it for the first time going through the theaters watching everybody walk out in tears i mean that's that that shows how uh, much of an emotional connection that movie made to to everybody yeah i would say i understand why this would be the disappointment tier this movie started bringing in some of the fan service because of all the emotional things that are happening off screen so it really brought an emotional charge to everything and i would say that the next two movies and the disappointment plus one yeah, that that just—that's the just, disappointment extra credit. <laughs> yeah, it just they cram so much like fan servicey things. They kind of get away from what made them so popular. Seeing the emotional response that they that they were able to do with Paul's death and the tribute to him at the end of that movie, and finding you know uh, they they found that a lot of fan service can be had, and you could put that fan service in, and people would react to it really positively. And so the next two movies for sure, they just cram so much fan servicey stuff in there. That they kind of get lost in the shuffle of things, but we'll get there. Gotcha. All right. So for, for me, I agree with the disappointment tier just for a slightly different reason. All right. The next one is Fate of the Furious. Brad, where are you bringing this, or how would you like to talk about um, it? For me, this is probably out of the main series. And again, we're going to crap on Hobbs and Shaw the whole way through this thing. <laughs> and it's not going to stop at this one. This is probably my second least favorite movie of the franchise. This. This for me, probably, yeah, probably D tier, probably the skunky. At best, it's like a skunky plus. Uh, It it wasn't, for me, it wasn't a very good movie. It just, I didn't connect with it at all. What was your rating for Too Fast, Too Furious? I think it was a D because I don't think it was, I don't think there's anything in this tier list outside of one movie that would really considered poison or F tier, like the bottom of the barrel. All right. Okay. All right, so I must have had Too Fast, Too Furious at see. I'm already forgetting. Would you put it, <laughs> for you, would you put it above or below Too Fast, Too Furious? Above. 
Okay. Just I'll uh, just leave slow. that there for now. It might move. I haven't yeah. decided. So for me, this movie's disjointed. I didn't the Dom being like emotionalist through this entire movie really kind of wore on me towards the end of that movie. They tried to add the emotional killing of the Elena, Bra- Elena the Brazilian cop, and it just didn't connect well. Yeah, I just the the best part of this movie was probably Deckard Shaw's mom, and even then was probably <laughs> but um yeah, I would say it's it's above too fast too fears for me, but not by not by too 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 much. Gotcha. This movie also is the first time in the really in the franchise that you know the group separates into two through most of the movie, where Dom's kind of doing his own thing and the rest of the group kind of does their own thing and they have their own plot line and dom has his own plot line that eventually comes to a head at the end when we see gal gadot's character die at the end wait wait what so for fear for fate of the furious gal gal uh this is where, died in six. Oh, in six? Oh, I, oh yeah because this is the one with the submarine yeah the submarine breaking through the ice but then we still see this is the one with elaine dying at the end yeah i i just didn't didn't connect with me very much especially after coming off the heat of six and seven five six and seven really yeah. And then this is pretty a pretty big disappointment for me. All right, so for me, this movie definitely is lacking compared to five, six, and seven. But I don't feel as strongly about the negative aspects. Like it is very disjointed. How uh, Owen Shaw just comes in essentially for like two to babysit. Cameras. Yeah, he babysits. Uh, or no, he he babysits the pilot. <laughs> he doesn't even fight. Deckard Shaw does the fighting in there, but all you see is Owen like look at the back. It's like, yep, I don't have. You are right, brother. I do not have a good relationship with backs of planes. And then <laughs> after Deckard Shaw goes around and kicks everybody's ass, you just see Owen like with the pilot. He's like, yep, yep, just keep flying. You're good. <laughs> so there are lacking elements in there, although I do see that as kind of a plus at, in terms of what I was saying earlier with Leo and Santos, how they never forget them, or an F9 with the guy who's like, again? <laughs> like the broken nose. They, they oh, pop- the, the FBI officer or whatever. Yeah, it might be unsatisfying, but it, it's kind of like, oh, that's nice that they're still remembering them. For me, though, the whole Elena storyline and why he's there is is so powerful, or it was. It's lessened a little bit for me, but I thought, one, beautiful way to bring in a kid without forcing Letty to just be like, yep, I got a belly for nine months doing nothing, or, <laughs> you know, it, like elegant way to bring it in. It does <laughs> make everybody laugh like, what, she was just pregnant for like two movies hanging out? But if you smush everything together to be like a four-month period, like it works, or a nine-month period or something like that, one year from Fast Five, or I guess Furious Six through Fate, it it works. It works. Also, I do want to shout out Furious Six. I forgot to say the how they wrap everything up with the memory loss and Elena's relationship at, at the end, where it's like where Letty is talking to her and is like, "Thanks for taking care of him. He's a wonderful guy." And they're not catty at all. And then when Dom comes over, he's like, "You know, you don't have to go." <laughs> like I was like, "Oh, this is beautiful. Like this is a." You dig? Anyway, um, this one I would put because it is entertaining and there are good dynamics, like where he's firing at Letty in the air and then he lets her go and then he has to point his gun at the Game of Thrones guy. I would put it as a B. 
it's severely lacking in we feel paul missing uh yeah his, his presence yeah is definitely missing through the movie but for for dom just the emotionless dom yes i understand why he has emotions and he can't show the emotions but having him like mummy his way through most of this movie just feels <laughs> i also really liked the opening chase sequence a weird thing but i think if uh Paul Walker was still around. I feel like he was the glue that like kept all the testosterone relaxed, you know? So all the weirdness behind the scenes with the candy ass drama that, that you can feel that. So for me with it averaged out, do you think our average would be higher or lower than fast and furious? Probably a little higher. Cause I'm putting this at a probably like a D plus and you're putting it, if you put it at like a solid B, I bet you it's probably a little bit higher. Okay. Yeah. Cause I mean the whole, sequence with the uh, submarine I, th- I thought it was entertaining roman with his out, out, outside of the obvious issues <laughs> yeah. the, sa- the same way with uh six with the infinity ending runway <laughs> this has the same problem with like the infinity <laughs> ocean length or bay length for that submarine to get out of but the main thing that i think this movie needed cha- if there was one thing they needed to change was take little nobody's car and just don't make it fucking blue <laughs> make it <laughs> any other color make a green make a yellow make it anything but having a handsome white dude relatively in the same age range of paul walker with a bright blue car the movie after paul walker passed away oh man the franchise did not or the fans did not like that they were like you trying to replace him what the fuck you just you just color coded like he's a fucking power ranger like oh we got a new blue power blue ranger um no it would have been fine uh, if they had just changed it from any color but blue blue Um, and not and probably not orange um, they could have made it red, which would have been okay. Uh, they could have made it white, which would have been hard to see in the snow. Could have made it green. <laughs> green would have been okay. They could have like given it like a like a gray hue of something would have been okay. Even like, like a grayish blue um, hue would have been okay. Yeah. But to have it blue blue is just yeah yeah. Uh, but I think everyone should go back and like even the sequence in New York where Dom's fighting against his uh, old teammates and the hooks it. it it is some of the best action in the franchise. It just was missing something, missing some some intangible factor for me. Ooh, come on, let's do it! All right, so we're not so we're not quite out of the disappointment era, but here's the extra credit: <laughs> Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna put it as here, so I'm not holding it. It's an F for me because it's not a Fast and Furious film. They it. It's just so much of it. The dialogue between the two main characters is a dragged out SNL sketch. I know what it was. It's your whiny little nasally voice. It it's like having uh, bull testic or uh, bulldog testicles in my eyes. It makes it burn. And it's like your ta- your Brit your British voice. It's like it's just uh, all the even the the contract of we need everything to be even is so sloppily done uh, and apparent. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, bless his heart, but the guy, David Leach, we we've reviewed and I think enjoyed bullet train, but that's a lot of, you know, close 
quarters fighting, no matter what it is. And that's what this movie does. And if you think about it, like doing a satisfying action movie with cars has to be so fucking boring because it's doing an action scene, but every take you have to reset all these like three ton <laughs> cars and devices and everything to make it work. Whereas with people, it's just like, okay, throw the fake punch. Ha. Okay. Reset. Aha. It's so much easier. So I think they just didn't get a good action director or good uh, non fist fight action director. Like eight, the A team, if you look it up uh, with Bradley Cooper and everybody, that's what Hobbs and Shaw should have been. And I don't think they did that. Everything that is a action scene with car with cars, action with car is a. Discount previous uh, of a previous movie like Hobbs and Shaw ends or almost ends a discount Furious Six plane sequence uh, and all these things and also um, Hobbs is this is where Hobbs is just Dwayne Johnson. I thought it had happened earlier, but Fate of the Furious still had some actual Hobbs there, uh, but now it's just Dwayne Johnson and. His whole speech about if she wants to climb this mountain, she is she can do it. She's a woman, and women are fierce. It great in a bubble, great idea in a bubble. Except when you think about the fact that this movie cast the two most popular action, young action, young female action stars of the time. One with Isaac Gonzalez and Baby Driver, just like oh yeah, we'll grab her, and then one with Vanessa Kirby and Mission Impossible Fallout. Was it? No, uh, yeah, Fallout. It's like okay, we'll just grab her, and then uh, they both kiss us. They, we get an even kiss, one kiss, one kiss only for each of us, but we get kiss, and it's like okay, well, Helen Mirren wasn't added to the franchise because they were like, all right, she's a twenty something or thirty something in a big franchise. Like, no, that'd be a great idea. Holy shit. Helen Mirren in a Fast and Furious movie? That's wild. Uh, and Idris Elba deserved better. He he should have fought <laughs> Wayne Johnson. It could have been a fist fight, but using his fucking uh, tech motorcycle. Like, can you imagine uh, Idris Elba coming into a like hallway with Dwayne Johnson never letting go of the wheel and this motorcycle is just like driving on the walls going around him like some extra transformers arm it would have been it could have been so cool but yeah everything was half baked uh the feminist messaging is total bullshit cuz <laughs> <laughs> they needed kissies um and it's a it's an F for me as a fast movie. As a normal movie, it'd probably be like a C or a D joint or a skunky. But as a fast film, no dice. Great fast, horrible execution. Um, as a with because it says the Fast and the Furious presents on the top of that thing. <laughs> this movie is. Um, I was trying to look it up while you're while you're talking there, but I couldn't find it fast enough. But I believe the. Um, name that the rock took her that there was given to get on the plane was uh huge janus uh, uh, was- uh it was mike oxmall oh uh, yeah <laughs> so. uh he gives he gives jason statham hugh janus in the mid credits scene oh is that what it is okay yeah. um if this if this didn't have and there's there's a lot of things that i can think of off the top of my head or other franchises where if you took off the franchise name 
the movie would be not bad or the video game would be not bad, but because you have that franchise tag on it, which means it goes with those with those sets of movies, it is bottom tier of this of this thing. Um, in a bubble, take off the um, take off Fast Furious for me. It's probably yeah, probably like a mid C, maybe like a Molly C kind of thing. Like it's funny, it's crazy, it's kind of wacky. The Rock falls off of like a thirty story building and somehow lands at the bottom just fine. Um, just and then he falls for like three minutes. Um, it just I, I really I'm a big Idris Elba fan, so that help that would help me out too. Um, so it'd probably be like a C, like a Molly C, um, but in the, with the Fast and Furious tag on it, definitely an F. I mean, I can't no. believe they even would consider making a second movie of this. <laughs> I would be more enticed to just burn it and um, just pretend like it never existed. Uh, <laughs> and there's a, there's another movie, um, movie I'm going to use in short quotes, um, uh, was a Los Bandoleros, which is the movie between three and four that it shows dom and letty getting married yeah the short Uh, film the 10 minute short film that you can watch on youtube um that goes way above this movie uh oops i can't get rid of that screen i'm gonna look at it separately yeah Um, i think it's called like los bandoleros it is i just thought it was 40 minutes for some reason so let me find that oh i thought it was like 10 because there's another one too called like fast and furious high octane which was filmed between one and two yeah that's um, or something like that um, that was a little maybe so maybe I've gotten backwards then. I thought the high octane was a little longer. I might be right. No, you might be right. Your memory is better than mine. I just seem to be able to pull things okay. from mine. Twenty minutes, twenty minutes and twenty three based on Vimeo. Um, yeah, like and, and there's also I forgot to mention <laughs> the plot is Mission Impossible two. <laughs> Not great. Uh, great introduction of Idris Elba. Who are you, bad guy? <laughs> like. Great. It's perfect, like Fast and Furious dialogue, except then the movie has this whole weird, like, Etienne thing that never gets really resolved. Like, uh, they blacklist them on every news organization, but why? Like, they. Hobbs and Shaw gets recruited. Obviously, the agency knows they're they're uh, innocent, or the CIA is it? I can't even remember. I think it was the CIA. Uh, Ryan Reynolds was perfect. That was amazing. Uh, the cheat day was silly because that's not Hobbs how he was handling himself. But then the whole outline of the film is basically okay. Two thirds are we're using Jason Statham's character, and then once the film is done. Let's add 30 minutes for Dwayne Johnson because he's producing in Samoa. It's just yeah. And then has then has his family help him out, and they don't they help him out, but kind of don't help him out. And um, his like his brothers or cousins or whatever in in, in Samoan outfits and stuff. It just it felt super weird. It just it's kind of like they were they to bring it to Furious Six. It's kind of like they were like we're gonna do two films. First one can be Jason Satham's. The second one can be Dwayne's. <laughs> and it'll be The Shaw and The Hobbs. And then they'll <laughs> squish them together. Um, but I mean, if they had done something just a little bit different, like a white collar thing, if anyone saw the white collar TV show on USA, it's about this career criminal who's caught by the FBI handler who's been chasing him. And in order to get released, he becomes an informant to help the FBI. And it's a cool show. It's good. It's I'd recommend it. Just do that. Show the last 
uh, barbecue in Fate of the Furious, have Shaw go back into custody, and then say, all right, we've got this mission. If Shaw does it, he get can get released, and Hobbs will be his handler. And have him have an electric shock collar for the first half of the film, and Hobbs is being a dick fucking with him. They get caught by Idris Elba, where they both get shocked. And then now the tables have turned, and uh, Jason Satham kind of gets to fuck with The Rock for a little bit. And they uh, they escape and bing, bang, boom, and do the film like that. I don't know. And I like the Samoan family. Just figure out a way to have them. It, it just felt completely. Yeah, it just felt completely disjointed. It kind of felt like um, it kind of felt like they wanted to go with one of those scenes where like, all right, we want you to go back to your family. We want you to remember why you're fighting. We want you to like um, kind of build that family atmosphere and then take that pride with you and go back like you kind of got your tail whip um you got your t- running home with the tail between your legs and kind of getting that re-pumped up pump back up to go beat the bad guy um it's kind of like they felt like they wanted to go something like that it just didn't it felt so disjointed and it felt not it, kind of out of the left field where like you said if they would have had them kind of sprinkled throughout the movie or if you know even something as simple as like have a meet in the beginning of the movie have him like try and get a hold of him during the rock during one of the ac- action sequences and you know the rock drops his phone but you can see that they're calling on the screen as he's like fighting in the background or whatever just to kind of bring it back to your attention instead of just like at the end of the movie like oh here's a whole big sequence um and you kind of have no real reason why outside of their family yeah and i was also gonna dock this points for just not giving a shit about continuity like they recast hobbs's daughter which i don't know why there's a thousand reasons why she was recast maybe the actress didn't want to come back but who knows um but truly but the thing is in furious 7 and fate of the furious that kid's a teenager and then in this movie they say that hobbs's daughter is nine years old at the cheat day also rewatching fate of the furious they say she's with your sister your daughter to hobbs when he's in jail and in this film no sister (laughs) (laughs) i mean no sister that he's talking to even you know if there's a sister on samoa it still would have messed with the continuity because fate of the fury shows that he's in contact with some of his family so in this film we could have had i don't know just say that she's 14 even if it's recast you can be like all right well they're continuing the character but just have the sister come in as this like badass sister early on now you've got the family aspect now you can hint at well, you know, maybe we just, we make amends or something. Tease that till the end and bring in the family at the halfway mark. I don't know. There's just, I mean, yeah. even if we were doing that white collar pitch that I had, there's a point where everyone's in jail in the A-team team and uh, Face, played by Bradley Cooper, has like it hooked up in jail. <laughs> he's got a tanning bed. He, he's walking around in a robe with uh, a towel over. So he's he's got like lay. I think he had a lady in prison. I don't know, but you could totally. I, I, think, have, it was, I think it was one of the security guards, if I remember right. Oh like yeah, the, yep, yep. You could have. It's been a long time since like I've seen that. the movie. Yeah. Yeah. But that that feels like how Shaw might be in jail if he just had some time to woo everybody. <laughs> like it could have been really fun. And Helen Mir. Oh, also not bringing back Owen Shaw. Like really, 
no con no respecting any continuity for anyone bring back even if we have the weird flashbacks where jason satham is supposed to be believed to be a 30 year old who looks 50 <laughs> since him and uh vanessa kirby are not the same age bring back deckard or owen for a little bit um, is, I, I don't remember if um, she was in that movie or not off the top of my head i don't remember if um deckard's mom was in her was in that movie she is she okay. this is the one where she's like just bring me a birthday cake filled with c4 <laughs> <laughs> uh but we didn't check what was your rating is this a consensus oh, yeah okay. yeah this is, this is, <laughs> if you took this took fast and furious out there it wouldn't be a terrible movie it'd be a, it'd be a normal rock movie it'd be a normal Dwayne the rock johnson movie where he's got to be big and bad but you put fast and furious on this title and you kind of ruin it it just slides so far to the bottom that i would put probably every, every i'd probably put the cartoon um which was pretty bad probably still above Hobbs and shaw i saw the first season of spy racers and i thought it was pretty good pretty yeah. solid it, it channeled the Bandoleros, fat high octane everything <laughs> Um, any fan fiction movies that you want to come up with on youtube um you want to make some you know a fanfic book of you know some pornographic book it's probably going to go above oh god i mean you can make everything the one and a half minute of driving around for those youtube channels that want to do a little extra before they review better than Hobbs and shaw yeah every youtuber that has gone to the house and taken a picture in front of the house or the store or you know, even one that you thought might have been the house, but it wasn't actually the house. Probably still better than this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Any idiot who made an 11 hour Grace and Frankie video and had one of those summaries be in front of the house, walking away, sweating because it was a very hot day and they were nervous about talking around people and then ended up in their car. I won't say that's better than Hans and Shaw. But okay but if, so but if grace and frankie's your jam i got, I got a video <laughs> for you all right now i have to go down a little bit just to get back to the titles but for the final movie in the what i'm calling the disappointment era i'm gonna just put it in the x spot so i can get positioned back but brad where would you put f9 how this is a middle of the road movie this is for me too fan servicey um they brought back basically everybody besides people that we wanted to see um like they didn't bring back giselle they didn't bring back back, um uh jesse in this movie um i don't i I think we're the only people have talked about jesse returning yeah i mean sorry at some point they got to bring him back because we'll get into this here in a minute but (laughs) I mean, in this movie, they brought back basically anybody that's ever died um, in this franchise. They brought him back, and then they added um, what's his name, can't, the can't see you wrestler uh, John John Cena, um, who now Dom has a brother, and Letty has a brother that, or not Letty, um, Mia has a brother that they've never talked about through you know eight other movies, not even hinted at. I did like some of the sequences as they were children. I did like to see kind of like a little bit of a prologue of how. You know, they grew up because they did talk about in the first movie, I think they bring it up in the fourth movie too, about their dad um, and how, kind of his thing. So it was nice to kind of see that play out. Um, I remember I everything about my father. <laughs> that one was in five. <laughs> yeah. I didn't like the motivation behind John Cena to have him cut the fuel line or cut the line in the, in the beginning part of the movie. Louis Black. Um, Lu- Lucas Black? Lewis Black? Lucas. Lucas. Black. He's looking 
real well in this movie. I like that they brought back all the other Tokyo Drift characters, kind of like as a another fan servicey moment. Um, it was only, it's a, only because I accidentally dropped it. Where's your rating? <laughs> I'm probably going C. I mean, it's probably for me, it's above eight, but probably not as good as one or one or three. Not it's probably wouldn't touch one or three. Okay. Um, it's above five or it's below five. So yeah, it's probably solid T, maybe solid joint, like a C plus, maybe like a edibly like B minus kind of float in that line. But it's a solid movie. It's fine. I don't have a problem with the movie. Um, good action sequences. Um, the prequel part of it, the chasing through, I forgot what city it was, London, Rome, whichever city it was. I think it was London because we see what's her name. Helen Mayer. Helen Mayer. So it was, it was a good movie. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it was solid. Yeah, for me, I'm not going to go see, but I'm not going much higher. Like when I first saw it, I was riding high. This was A tier, maybe S tier, like not not higher than these two, but trailing kind of around this area because it was Justin Lin just coming back, kicking ass, do, doing some great sequences, but also just having some really disjointed and unsatisfying parts like the whole zip lying sequence they they released a clip of dom tackling jacob and them fighting in that boutique or whatever and the editing was so terrible that i was like wait why are they releasing this clip before the movie <laughs> because there's one point where just watch dom throws jacob but the shot beforehand was like at, no one was in position for Dom to grab Jacob. They just kind of jump cut in the sequence. It was bad. It, the, that whole sequence for me was really unsatisfying and pretty sloppy. But then we had huge heights like going to space, which wasn't just cool for me, but actually hit really emotionally when Tyrese Roman was talking to Tej Ludacris and saying like something like two kids from like uh the, the streets, streets. Yeah. are here and i was like holy shit even if they don't die this is like this hidden the feels i think they did a good really good job with the flashbacks but ultimately john cena had like what they said less than 15 minutes of screen time in this movie he while did he did a good job the suicide squad showed how to really use him and then he's peacemaker they, really the TV show Peacemaker. Yeah. And then the redemption, the giving the keys just happened way too fast. If I could have rewritten this, I would have had um, the, the meeting with Michael Rooker in the present day, maybe saved for 10 or put right at the end of the film after everything had been resolved, you know, or a mid credit scene because them doing the I'm giving you the keys was way too early for the modern day. And I'll get into some of that with the Fast X review, but it was very disjointed. So I think I would settle today on like an maybe a B plus with Tokyo Drift, which you were at C, right? I was so, at like C I was at like C plus B minus. Yeah. Okay. Was, so uh, would you be down for our average for me, I'd put it below Tokyo Drift, but above the Fast and the Furious. So averaging out, would you be down if it's uh inedible? Mm, I don't know. What do you think? Best joint or worst edible? I would probably say worst edible. Okay. Um they they do know that they're kind of, you know, they they do know that 
through this last couple of movies, they're getting a little ridiculous. They poke fun at themselves. People before this movie were joking about, you know, they haven't gone to space yet. They need to make a space movie. Um, they make fun of themselves by, you know, um, we, we're invincible. We can't die. Look, look at my jacket. Look at all these bullet holes. And I didn't get hit once. Um, so they kind of know that they're getting ridiculous in some of the stuff, especially some of the stunts. Um, and they kind of poke fun at themselves, which I, I appreciate them know them having like breaking that fourth wall kind of, of like, all right, we know that we're getting to this point. We're going to kind of poke fun of ourselves for doing this, yeah. but just like and James Bond, they, they needed a space movie. Um, I think fast and furious <laughs> eventually just needed a space movie. Um, eventually they're going to go under the ocean and like have like an ocean themed movie at some point in time, probably a, um, a Ramsey and Tej spinoff where they, steal a submarine and they're underwater for an entire movie but. i do have a pitch for an ocean-esque movie called atlantic drift <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. uh also i think justin lynn was like figuring out how to uh continue the more ridiculous nature like the god's eye or the submarine things and i'll get into this during the fast x review i think he corrected that if he had done fast x we'd be like oh this is one of the best justin lynn uh fast movies and fix the problems with f9 like the whole oh this will break into literally any computer sounds like he's trying to do nightshade but for the furious seven era and just like it's too it's too ridiculous the having han come back is cool but having those elements of oh well you did a you had a projection of me driving the car the whole time. And also I saved this child whose magic <laughs> yeah. of her DNA. Then, it it yeah. just, Justin Lynn needed to make this to tone this down a little bit to really get into the groove of things. Um, but you know, there was so much honestly great stuff to this. I mean, the, the Tarzan swing was, I loved it. <laughs> Tarzan with a car. Yeah. I, I was here for it. Beautiful. And they do something similar in Fast X uh, with just a car flying through the air wildly. I thought it was great. So there were some of the highest highs of the franchise, but some of the just wait, can yeah. we get Chris Morgan for just one pass? Like Chris Morgan seems like the glue on the script level. We're like, yeah. Michelle Rodriguez said before doing this film that if they can't be more creative with the female characters besides getting pregnant, uh, she's going to leave and, you know, take the L on that Chris Morgan or, and, and Justin and- Lin because he was helping develop it and Vin Diesel. But uh, I think Chris Morgan really <laughs> took the crazy cocaine brain ideas of Vin Diesel. And that's not me saying Vin Diesel does cocaine, but that's the only way I can describe a brain that comes up with... Uh, magnets and sub <laughs> fighting submarines that's cocaine brain i think chris morgan really smooths out the cocaine brain ideas um in this yeah and they and they finally have a scene with michelle rodriguez and mia um having a conversation for the first time in the franchise and this is the 10 nine movies 10 if you count Hobbs and Shaw, that they finally have a conversation with the two of them like how how can you have this thing not have a scene with those two people talking two of the original five family members 
not have a scene together in nine movies just blows my mind. <laughs> also, the easiest place to bring back Han would have been that whole jungle sequence. Like, have Mr. Nobody send out the word to Han and the Fast family, and then you get him back. Instead of the, oh, well, he sent a postcard that said Mexico, and you went you to the address, and then you saw Mexico in a window. Ah, uh, all right, all right. Like, if it didn't have such a weird techie explanation for how he survived, that probably would have worked. But with it being they, just they, convoluted, they needed convoluted. Yeah, they needed a ridiculous reason because everybody watched him die and blow up. So they needed a ridiculous reason of how to get him out of there, not seen. And but I, I think it was I think that was probably one of the roughest parts of that movie. Um, like timeline wise of like how to get Han back in that movie it was just it was it was going to be tough no matter how they sliced it um, to get him out of that car blowing up. Nobody sees him and him not. But I also didn't buy the end of it when. Um, Lucas got to see him and those the the original Tokyo Drift guys got to see him and they're just like, Oh shucks, he is alive, isn't it? Would <laughs> you like a hug? No? Cool, I'm getting this plate of food. I'll put this plate of food down, I'll come get you. Oh no, and let me get some more beans. Yeah? More beans? Okay, I'll come give you a hug now. It just didn't feel like if you saw one of your best friends die and then and then ten years later they didn't die and you found them or they came up to you you'd have a stronger reaction than just like, ah, I see what you did there. This is great. <laughs> Honestly, I'd be okay. So I, I'm saying this because the fans just want it, but if we're ever going to get Giselle back uh, in the fast films, I would have totally been satisfied with the idea of, okay, Mr. Nobody just has this room with like comatose people that he's like helping bring back to life or keep alive somewhat you know, somehow, and he just has Han there and Giselle there. They're both, you know, they could have died technically. They could have been very and close to that. They're holding hands. <laughs> two, <laughs> two tables, like alien bodies, but holding hands. <laughs> Wait, alien bodies? You know my my Atlantic drift uh, <laughs> pitch? Is this, there, is, this, uh, in, is this a remake of Indiana Jones? And the, I'm uh, not kidding. Skull? There are aliens in my Atlantic drift pitch. <laughs> <laughs> there are <laughs> that's why it's called atlantic um but like honestly it would have it w- just would have been fine with me if you know maybe we found out that mr nobody brought uh han back to life maybe six months earlier beforehand and he's like do you want to rejoin your family or or oh or he could have just been on the crashed plane like all right we got to take this thing clearly this is important let's get the ball like we know about the ball the half ball uh, and this other thing and it's just han in like a cryo chamber <laughs> like and I it mean, says he like ready to be uh, uh woken up or something like we find out that for the last nine years uh han's or however long it's been han's been in this rejuvenation thing and mr nobody's not going to tell them Unless Han actually comes back to life, otherwise that would be a dick. Or, or just have Han assisting him, training the little girl, having Han assist him in certain things. Because I'm trying to think of a, the best way to say this, because of Fast X, we now understand more of Mister Nobody in a mm-hmm. sense of how some of the s- things happen. Um, and we'll get to that here in the spoiler section. But um, yeah, you could have had, just had Han assisting mr nobody be like his 
behind behind the shadows kind of person and have him on that plane and then when the plane crashes like have him knocked out and then yeah yeah i i'm gonna pull back i don't think they should wake him up and be like hi you're still alive but uh you know as they're saying it he's been dead if this is eight years after tokyo drift or let's say five years uh that means Han's been chilling for five years and not telling anybody. You know? I mean, if, 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 if that's five years, holy cow. Look at yeah, look at Lucas Black from Tokyo Drift, which let's say eight years ago to, to Fast <laughs> Nine. Oh, boy. <laughs> I think between uh, Fate and F9 and Fast X, I would say there's probably a five-year five gap based on the age of the kid, between yeah. the, at least. So, yeah. yeah, Han's been dead or playing dead for probably five years if he didn't tell any of the family member that's a dick move so yeah if we said six months or something and he just saved l if we want to introduce l um in this rewritten film that's kind of fine but like yeah i got this letter like six months ago this postcard i don't know maybe they don't need the postcard but you you don't need the postcard i mean the postcard was was literally just to get mia and Michelle Rodriguez alone, Letty alone, so they could have a some screen time and a conversation between the two major characters of this movie or this franchise for the first time in nine movies. <laughs> they could have a conversation with each other. That was the only reason for that. Per- the only purpose for that in postcard. All right, so now we're getting into the Fast X spoiler review. I'm gonna put it here. We'll come back to the tier list for Fast X and put it there. And I meant to do this at the beginning, but I'm just going to flare it up a little bit like Dante. Just ridiculous. Just sloppily. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Which uh, I'm using. <laughs> this looks even worse with headphones. I did, a, I did a Fast X video essay, which is linked below. And I used some of this because Dante. Okay, I'm taking this hat off. I mean, everything's ridiculous, but. <laughs> uh, I've seen fast x three times brad has seen it six times six uh, i mean and they had to kick me out of the theater because they were like dude you can't sit here and i was like yes i can <laughs> yeah so. and uh brad's forcing me to watch it a fourth time so together we watch it 10 times that's a lie he didn't watch it six times um <laughs> i have watched it three times but how many times i've just i've just seen it the once because you're sane yeah <laughs> uh but what'd you think what'd you think of fast x it never, it never stops from, <laughs> from, from uh, when, puns. from opening sequence to fade to black before a mid credit scene. I'm pretty sure that at no point in time does the action stop. I'm pretty <laughs> sure they were like, all right, we just saw John Wick four or we saw a pre-copy of John Wick four. Let's do that. But with cars. <laughs> and they're like nonstop action, no, almost little to no story, as little stories we can possibly get away with, and still consider this a movie. And then we'll just stop it um, right at the end and just go, yeah, you can get the more later. You can get the more in three more years when we decide to release eleven. So that's kind of like the gist of this movie for for me. Um, I understand they did a lot of things well, and I think they did some things that could have been done well that need to be toned back, and they did some things that I wasn't a hundred percent okay with. Some of the things they did really well, the action sequences, I think, are done really well. Um, I think the they make each action sequence feel like 
it is substantial. It it needed to be there. It felt like there were stakes to all the action sequences. I don't think there's any action sequence that wasn't. Some of the things that they could have toned down with is the eccentricness of Jason Momoa's character. I think that they tried to go like a Joker route. <laughs> like they were like, all right, well, how can we how can we make this guy the worst villain of everything out of the entire franchise? How dare you? Yeah. How dare, I, you, how I, dare you want to tone down Jason Momoa? <laughs> uh, I think they, they should have let Jason Momoa be Jason Momoa and let him kind of have that little bit of eccentric flair, happy kind of go lucky, still, still strong, um, strong willed, strong minded, but they were almost like, all right, well, here's the Joker. We want you to kind of be like the Joker. We want you to kind of like be eccentric in that side and eccentric in life as well. And they kind of explained that through like he was in, he was in um, insane asylums and stuff like that. So he was in and out of that. And every time his dad bailed him out. So they have a backstory for it, but they could have toned it down a little bit. Um, I know that some of the people I saw it with didn't really like the scene where he's painting the dude's toenails as they're dead and taped up, taped their eyes taped open (laughs) kind of like a weekend at Bernie's type of thing. I understand it, but again, it could have been toned down a little bit. I just think it was a little over the top. And some of the things that didn't work well during some of the action sequences, like the ridiculousness of Dom jumping a car like three times and the car being 100%, um, 100% drivable at the end of it. There's one scene where he rail jumps off, hits, <laughs> hits, the, hits the crane, the crane spins, it pushes him into a cliff, he lands off the cliff and drives away and like, Little to no damage is done with his car. Like the front end still in one piece. The side that he crashed in the mountains a little dented, not a big deal. Four tires, the tire rods and everything. He just drives away like it's not a big deal. I understand that this is a Fast and Furious movie. I understand <laughs> we've had Tarzan with a car, but holy cow, like some of these action sequences just go a little over the top. I want to applaud Alan Richard Richards Richardson. Um, the Richard he is, guy, right? Yep, Breacher. I think he does a super good job in this movie. Um, I love his character. I love the twist at the end of it. I loved um, just everything about that character seemed like spot on for me. Um, I think if he was the actual true bad guy and he was just pulling around Jason Momoa because he knows he can manipulate him, if they do that in the next movie, I would I'd be pretty happy about that. But I really like how strong um, he he seems like a really good opposite to Dom. He seems like um, does not care about things. Um, still very strong, very physically strong, very mentally strong, very manipulative. He seems like kind of Dom's opposite in this movie, and I, I think if he comes out to be the ultimate bad guy, I'd be pretty pretty happy with that. All right. Well, firm agree to disagree on, <laughs> on Jason Momoa's Dante. Yeah, for me, he was the best villain of all of them from like minute five mainly because he was so entertaining like that's that's what i want out of villains at this point i guess is to just be entertaining uh fun story about that toenail painting scene apparently louis leterrier directed that scene and filmed it as like a oh this would be funny on the blu-ray if we did that and then they put it in a test screening and universe was like please leave it in (laughs) <laughs> Please leave it in the movie, um, which is freaking wild to me. I got that from the Real Blend podcast. Um, and then, I mean, even 
I thought you were talking about the final sequence where like Dob jumps his car out of the plane and smashes two oh, cars. That, and yeah, and then, and then just backs up. It's like, oh, <laughs> full speed ahead. Uh, but there was also one more thing. What I don't, I don't know how I feel about the uh, Reacher reveal because ultimately it, you could argue that it's um, plot holes. I, I think there's arguments to to close those holes like why does jason momoa's dante need to take cypher's uh force when he could just use reacher guy to use the agency although at that point it's like better to have two armies and eliminate cypher as a as a possible threat during that why bring him to the fast five bridge (laughs) and have uh, Reacher guy, bring him to the final sequence. Well, fuck with him more. Suffering is still owed. Don't kill him yet. I think it, uh, it's setting up a very cool uh, part two and possibly part three if the Rome tease, the Rome premiere tease is real because Vin Diesel said uh, X might be a three-parter. <laughs> and then I also want to point out that Justin Lin left six or left the franchise after six and didn't come back for seven. No. Stupid internet. Awkward. There we go. Okay. <laughs> ah! I don't know if that was me that crashed, you that crashed. I don't know. And after doing F9, Justin Lin was developing Fast X Part 1 and 2. So he developed the first like two thirds of the film because Michelle Rodriguez said Louis Leterrier came in when they didn't have a third act. So that means to me that. Uh, Justin Lin had ideas for a family member who would try to exact revenge on the Fast family. Like he had ideas for Deckard Shaw and he didn't get to use them. Or he saw Furious 7 do the, I'm Deckard. Hey, slow down so I can shoot at you. It was like, let's try to be a little more original with that. And I I just loved it. The Rome sequence, I'm, well, one, going after Cypher, that was a cool way to make him like a boogeyman. And the retcon opening of Fast Five, great. But then his first real hit against the family was setting them up for failure by doing this fake heist sequence for the agency. Um, and with the twist, even that, it's like, oh, cool. So the uh, the new guy helped dante fake an agency recruitment presumably and then the other half of the family has to come save them and then oh it's a bomb now we have to save the vatican and ah i i was just loving this whole uh villain tear through the family and then later they have the the uh street chase where he's going to kill one or both family members and Dom ha- is put into an impossible situation. Uh, that was great. I just dug this. I I don't like what they did with Jacob, though. A few things. One, if they're going to make him do the fun-loving Uncle John Cena, and on a rewatch, I think it worked a little better, you got to ease into that. If it were me, have him ease into that role in this film, and then have him go full goofy uncle in the next Fast X, which ties into my only real criticism of this film, which is why, if they stick with this, it's going to be a horrible decision, because why would you have Jacob be introduced for less than 15 minutes of that actor in the last film, and then have him sacrifice himself in the next film? That seems like such a wasted 
a wasted character, especially with all the heavy lifting they had to do to justify his introduction in the last film. It's just like, that's so... And plus, I thought he was going to use his last rockets to just shoot them, which he could have. <laughs> he could have just shot them from the other side of the highway and be like, okay, Dom, good luck. Like, that would have worked fine. But if they actually stick with this, I sacrificed myself in this moment. It, it, uh, I'll be fine that or i'll be happy that not everyone who's teased to die comes back because the whole plane with roman and tej and ramsey they they didn't die they had enough time (laughs) they got out somehow we'll see that in fast x so if everybody comes back who's supposed to have died in that final sequence that's a little lame but i'd rather have that than have john cena jacob die in one of the weirdest way too soon sequences like the reason that chase scene worked for that character dying who showed up in fast five is because we've had five movies to know that he exists. Yes. He hasn't popped back up, but he's like, I remember him from a decade ago. This one is like, I remember him from the last one that was kind of sloppy. And it's like, Oh, we got a new brother. Woo. And now he's gone. Um, the only reason, the only way that this would work and, and not necessarily work. I'm going to use work in air quotes is if they they couldn't get John Cena for either they could only have John Cena for a certain amount of times filming or they absolutely knew 100% that he was unavailable while they filmed 11 part 2 whatever you want to call the next movie so they had to get rid of him this time would not have him next time it also which it- which didn't happen because the original plan was to film Fast X part 1 and 2 at the same time Justin Lin left. Louis Leterrier came in. They didn't have a third act, so presumably the John Cena sacrifice wasn't planned. And even if it was, they have now come out and said that Fast X Part Two is delayed because of the writer's strike. So they did not. They don't have a script for Fast X Part Two right now, so they can film. So ultimately, if you're releasing the film and you haven't written the next film yet. No one really knows what the schedule is. And John Cena, relentlessly to me, has seemed like the most humble guys. Like, I'm here to put my hours in. I'm here to do my job, whatever you need, whenever you need it. So, like, he's not Dave Batista in Drax makeup being like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> Eight hours every day. Let me go. He's just John Cena being John Cena. He, if they wanted him back, he'd be like, we'll figure out a way. Yeah, but at the end of this, and we know, I'm going to use no in quotation marks again, um, that these are the last two, last three movies. So we've got to start kind of rounding out some of these characters um, because not everybody at the end of the story is going to make it. This is not, I don't think they have a grand plan of making this turn into a fairy tale where everybody makes out alive and everybody runs off into the sunset happy together. So I do think they need to start killing off some characters. I do think they need to have some meaningful deaths and some unmeaningful deaths along the way too of sacrificing herself, but does nothing kind of things. So I do think maybe he's might be the first casualty of everything. Obviously I don't think like you, I don't think they killed off ludicrous um, Tyrese um, Ramsey, all the rest of the group um, in that plane. Because I think, I think, there you go. <laughs> She's a ta- talented actress. Um, I liked what they did with her hair in this movie. It was great. Um, I thought she brought a lot to this movie despite being one of the newest family members. And I, I like the fake love triangle between her, a Roman and Tej. Um, I think that, I think it's funny. And I think, 
I think everybody knows it's not going anywhere, but it's just funny to kind of bring up. And it's funny for those two to compete for her, even though she wants nothing really to do with either one of them that she likes them for their own reasons, but not as like a, more of a brother, not like a boyfriend or future companion. I actually thought they officially put that to bed or showed that it was put to bed. Cause I, what is it? I'll probably have to rewatch F9 because I can't remember. I know that in Fate, they were at the end be like, all right, so which one do you choose? All right, yeah. tell me my last name. It's going to be Miss Parker. Hey, Miss Parker. Like, that was funny. But, like, I don't remember anything from F9. And when during the Rome sequence, uh, she <laughs> she jokes, I know stuff now. And Ludacris says, marry me. And she goes, that's all it took? I I took that. Because on paper, it seems like Ramsey's the one who actually wants to marry Tej, you know, since she says, that's all it took for me to get your hand in marriage. It shows, it communicated to me that they're just friends and they're like, yeah, no, we'll never date. <laughs> that's that's a, but, something but to still, wink at in the past. But they like, still compete uh, for her attention, th- even th- kind of throughout this movie a little bit. They still compete for her, her attention. So can I do you think because I don't remember um, the scene where um, they're waiting outside of the while well, they go pick up um, Shaw. Yeah. De- Deckard Shaw. They kind of have a little compete. And then when they when Ludacris and Tyrese fight inside that like mobile cafe that um, and she's like, ah, just let it happen. It oh, kind okay. of feels like they're still kind of fighting for her attention a little bit. Um, I think they know. I think she knows that it's not it's not a thing. But I like how like the fan servicey aspect of everything. If they're still kind of competing for attention, um, that's just one of those little fan servicey things. And I think this movie does a good and bad job of filling some of those fan fictiony things that they kind of um, fan servicey, fan fictiony things that kind of get shoved in here. Which, since you mentioned it, Shaw was my other complaint. Oh, not that he had too short of a scene because I'm sure it's going to all work out with this final two or three parter, but. Uh, <laughs> at, with Hobbs and Shaw and even Fate of the Furious where he gets redeemed uh, I think they did a two steps back right here because him defending himself at first okay whatever you you think that he's going to come kill you you should be a little more apologetic a little more like you know kind of like the bride in the first Kill Bill when she kills the mother it's like just so you know your mom deserved it but I will be for you like that. That was apologetic, but showed respect for, you know, she's going to get her comeuppance eventually because this is a endless cycle of violence. This one was more like, Oh, you fucked up coming back. Me being a, uh, you know, killing you. How dare you come back? You, but like, <laughs> I pumped the brakes. If we had changed it to like, you messed up my snack. And then they fight a little more. He's like, I don't want to fight you. And then he paused. It was like, then what, what do you do? And then like the, the uh, agency people start coming in. That would have worked perfectly for me, but they went on for like 30 more seconds or 20. It was kind of like uh John wick chapter four in the Arc de Triomphe where John wicks just riding around the tr- arc for like 15 seconds. It's like, no, you could have gotten out of there by now. <laughs> you have no reason to be stuck there <laughs> anymore, bud. Uh, it's just like, got to edit that down a little bit. At that, With this scenario, it's like, Shaw, you're not a fucking idiot. You're not that stupid that you'd keep fighting 
He says he doesn't want to fight you after saying you ruined my snacks. <laughs> it's not whatever the scenario is you're imagining. Well, didn't they didn't they pause too? Because again, they're connecting us to was it eight or nine, whichever one, where he's at the end of the movie, he's punching the bag and there you can there's a person yeah. in there. So yeah, they connected F, back to F, that. F yeah, F nine had uh which in none of the reviews, no one mentioned that this is the guy from Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, <laughs> which I I, 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 I was, I was t- laughing too hard at him running away in his underwear. <laughs> and then like, they watch him run away. Yeah. Like he like, doesn't he like hit a door or something like that? Can't get out. has to go somewhere else. And you can see him on the street, running down the street. It was just yeah. like, oh, I, love so I didn't even, I didn't even look at the guy. I was too busy laughing and watching him <laughs> try and run away. Uh, it, for anyone who saw Ghost Protocol, that was the guy at the beginning where he's like, Sergei? In the in the prison, he's like, Sergei, are you not Sergei? <laughs> and, and they get up with Paula Patton and, uh, and Benji, and he's like, I always take care of my friends. My friends. <laughs> it's that guy. <laughs> so I, I just love when these big uh, action franchises just like pluck a minor character and put it in <laughs> for something. Kind of like how Hobbs and Shaw did, but uh, uh, not just to kiss him. <laughs> but yeah, I, there's not much I'd complain about this. I, I just, I, I, I just think it. my big complaints were they did a good job, but also a bad job at shoving in so much fan service into this movie. Um, and then I would, in my personal opinion, dial Jason Momoa's character back, the eccentricness back just a little bit closer to normal. Have him have his like really eccentric moments and show that you know he, mentally he's not stable like like a Joker esque character for Batman, and have him have those moments of like oh yeah did you see that oh yeah that's great and then have him also be the mastermind of like yeah I've already planned this I was waiting for you um, oh you didn't think he was already on my team he's been on my team since day one um, but then also have his like crazy like kind of wacky moments of him like cheering on that. You know, he just blew up one of the two cars and there's like, ah, ha, ha, just kidding. I'm just going <laughs> to blow up both of them anyway. Um, so I, to ha- just to dial it back just a little bit through some of those scenes is just it, a little over the top for me. I get that. I, I do like how he, so when I first saw it, I didn't think about Joker once. And I, even though like everybody else was smarter than me and said, yeah, this is Joker. <laughs> but I think it's because he dialed, Maybe not his character, like you're saying, but he dialed the Joker back a little bit because the Joker in Rome would would not be bantering or being funny. Like I will be saying the quote. All right, what next? Or uh, okay, what are we blowing up? What the Vatican? Okay, <laughs> I'll do it. But you guys are going to hell. <laughs> like that's even be- the full quote is even better than in the trailers, which I didn't see the trailer that part in the trailers. Uh, so I was very glad for that to be uh, not spoiled for me, but it's just uh, with those scenes, I'm just like, this is just a joy. He's having fun. I'm having fun. I absolutely love that Jason Momoa did not have to be on a diet for this. something about 20 foot Jason Momoa, the only human being taller than Brad on this planet earth. <laughs> <laughs> and with better hair too just saying better hair. <laughs> uh we'll have to get you both in a room that that's <laughs> <laughs> um like the fact that he could eat like a dozen donuts every morning somehow fills me with joy like clearly underneath his uh 
you know, he's wearing my stomach as a fashion accessory, <laughs> but underneath he's, he's clearly got like Brad's muscly, just goosh. like he could actually fight uh, Vin Diesel <laughs> in a ring. Yeah. But he gets to have donuts every morning. Something about that. Just, ah, uh, I love it. <laughs> he he looked, the character and Jason Momoa looked like they were having fun filming this. Yeah. It looked like it was one of those things like, like he's, in my mind, he's always wanted to be on these things. He always wanted to be on this movie. And he said, <laughs> yeah, just, just kind of do, do your thing and, you know, kind of make it up. And he's like, all right, well, I'm going to have fun with this. And we're, we're going to, we're going to do this and we're going to be kind of silly. And just kind of feels like it's, um, a uh, thing that like he made a mental choice of just doing instead of being like, all right, well, I am now Aquaman and I have to be rigid and I have to, I can't make anything more than like a quick pun. He's My like, man. <laughs> he's like, I can now, I can now finally be me. Cause he just seems like one of those, like always smiling kind of guys and always like joking around. And he's like one of those guys you just want to be around because his energy, you just feed off his energy and his, his positiveness and it makes you positive. So I, I think they let him, kind of do that and it feels a lot of it feels genuine also if the rumors that he's going to be recast as lobo in the dcu which were like day one rumors as soon as james gunn was announced like we've seen so many rumors that haven't come true so i'm I'm never actually going to believe it until i see it but if he ends up being lobo from what i know of lobo this is like an audition tape (laughs) (laughs) like yeah just be crazy be very have muscles be crazy make us entertained (laughs) um Um, so kind of to piece how we can bring back certain characters because at the end of this movie we get teased with the rock we get teased with gal gadot so we could i'm gonna knock on wood um bring back somebody somebody like jesse um because i think he's the last like remaining person that we have not brought back in this franchise not Um, brought back to life but a lot of people have recently been reminding me that there was that other guy in the heist in the fast and the furious who didn't die i, I forget his oh, name yes but yep. <laughs> a lot of people would be like guys he's not even dead <laughs> just <laughs> let him come back but so we i was kind of teasing this when we we're talking doing the two rating for f9 as kind of how an explanation of how we can get some of these characters back was the technology that uh mr nobody and the agency has they were able to um, stab Letty and have her sewn up, healed back within oh, yeah. seconds. Um, so we do have a semi understanding that they could do stuff like this. And I'm going to imagine that's how they got Giselle back was that they were able to capture not capture. That sounds bad. They were able to grab her after she fell, hit the ground and they, they were able to bring her back to life through, through technology. Um, maybe Which she'll I- be like, Maybe she'll be like Anakin Skywalker and be half robot at this point. I have no idea. <laughs> Which, by the way, we forgot to talk about Brie Larson. She, I think she did a good job, but the writing in her scenes is, sometimes is some of the worst writing in the film. Or, or nonsense. Let, let, me, let me say why. So when she goes to talk to Dom, the, there are two people in the bar who are like, you're looking for somebody, you're going to die. And then... The bartender who, as far as we know, has never seen her in for a day in his dang life, throws her a shotgun after she punches one of them. And then she shoots the ceiling and then gives the shotgun back. And the bartenders just chill 
And then the only bald guy in the whole place is finally seen by Brie Larson and she takes two Belgian. I'm like, wait, wait. okay. We want to see that she's a badass. Why'd you do it like this? Why? Why? Well, think, he he wants the- to meet her. Why would he have the locals terrify her? Why is the guy giving her? Uh, it just seems so sloppy. I think she beats up two or three people. Yeah. Um, and then gets thrown the shotgun. The shotgun is kind of like what basically ends everything. I think she kicks or punches one person after that. But I think the shotgun is kind of what pauses everybody. Yeah. But. She she comes in, offers to buy everybody shots until they're happy. Endlessly. Two guys are like, because she's looking for somebody dumb. And then the two guys are like, you looking for somebody, you're going to die. <laughs> she kicks their butts. Bartender throws her the shotgun. She ruins the ceiling. <laughs> And he's joined. He is so happy for her to shoot his ceiling. <laughs> she gives back the shotgun. He's like, here's your Belgiums. And they are having their ass kicked. And there's Dom. And I'm just like, when Dom goes to Helen Mirren and Fate, that makes sense. Like, why why they're grumpy? <laughs> like, I don't want you here. But Dom wants her there. Yeah. And none of it, I don't, I don't know anything. And then all, when she goes to Letty, she clearly stabs her first. <laughs> She's, she, and yeah. then gets taken hostage, which at that point you're like, wait, let's look at the camera. When did Letty get stabbed? Why did? Well, why and they did show they show it in the camera because she, Brie Larson stabs Letty first, and then or she says, just go with it. Stabs her first, and then like like grabs her arm, puts it around so that way she's still holding that thing against yeah. her throat to make it look like she was being captured. But yeah, I mean. Yeah. Although the, the fight, the fight between those two, when they were like, "How much time do we have?" Oh, we got about four minutes till the cameras kick back, kick back on. Great, won't need it. And then they start fighting. Was just, I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah, that that was a fun sequence that had way too much editing, only because I think this is why uh, Michelle Rodriguez confirmed that at that point when they were filming, they didn't have a director, so they used the second unit director, I guess. But it. On a rewatch, it's like way too over edited, and you're like, ah, oh, this is. Well, and not only that, like timeline, not, I don't want to say necessarily timeline, but like the amount of time that it takes, it was way too long for her to climb all, to have that fight sequence, climb all the way back up that tunnel. Then she has to climb back down because obviously it, it was, it was. She's not long. jumping 100 she's feet. Not, she's not falling there. Climb all the way back down and then. Brie Larson's already got her snowsuit on. I was like, oh, well, did you realize that it's cold outside? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not four minutes. Yeah, there was no way that's four minutes because I think that's where we leave them, I think, is at that point um, that they've both got snowsuits and they are eventually going to have to leave Antarctica. Um, But I don't think we saw them actually leave Antarctica at this point yet. Yeah, just, I don't know, say half an hour. It's still too tight of a window. A half hour, I think, would be, I mean, it it was going to take some time to climb up and realize you get to the top real figure out what you're going to do and then climb back down i think a half hour would be moving yeah it, it wouldn't make sense but in the last film dom took down a building by pulling two two chains and somehow letty broke through that door even though it was locked to save him so being like okay <laughs> like let it be somebody's cool youtube video of showing letty just super speeding up that thing <laughs> somehow in under 10 minutes but yeah like with like benny Hume, benny hill music as she climbs up and comes back down and then like in reverse <laughs> climbing back down um yeah i 
Oh, what do you think of uh, Elena having a sister? Um, it makes sense. I wasn't against it. I think it was. I think it's on some level. Again, they're trying to shove as much fan service into this as possible, so they had to bring her back. Um, obviously, she's the mother of Dom's child, um, so they had to bring her back into this movie somehow. I didn't hate it. It makes sense. I don't know. I was just kind of. I just felt like it was kind of rushed. I felt like it was unnecessary. They could have found a way to bring um, Elena back into this movie without, you know, him going to Brazil and doing a little sequence down there with her, and then her being like, "Oh, I don't want to come back with you guys. I need to be here." Um, but to have that emotional moment of no, she was the good sister. I'm the bad sister. Um, yeah, I mean, probably didn't need it in this movie. Yeah, probably unnecessary, but they made it mean something. Yeah, It'd be meaningful. And I mean, if anyone would argue that Elena was fridged, which traditionally like a female character being fridged would is in the first five minutes of a film and it motivates the whole film. So it technically not, but by bringing her back, it just continues that era of we respect what came before and everyone who, who uh, contributed a verse that was, that yeah, was the hustle and flow thing. That whole, years ago. that whole middle section of the movie from finding like after the Rome sequence to when we finally start getting towards like um, the street racing and stuff like that, it feels like they did a world tour of like, all right, we need to kind of get everybody back into this movie. We need to pay respects to the people that aren't here anymore, but we need to make like certain stops. And it kind of felt like a world tour. They need to see Elena. They need to go back to get Deckard Shaw. I feel like I'm missing one or two other ones. Um, they stopped and didn't they see what's her name? The um, Decker Shaw's mom stopped and saw. Didn't he, um, she came in right after Rome before Dom left, and then for the rest of the film, Dom's basically in Rio yeah. for the entire time. Uh, oh, uh, Jacob! Jacob was going with uh, little Brian uh, around the world, and then we got and they had to go uh, back to the. Like, they had to go back to the place from nine, the the vault or whatever, the area that they all met at at nine, because that's when they decided, oh shit, we need to get out of here. Uh, nine was when when the the vault? the vault when like the where they Han came back into the movie when they brought Han back that like s- submerged or like um then they had all the fighting and stuff like that in, the, in nine. They had the door the locking door sequence where they Dom locks the door on them and then turns around and fights everybody on the bridge. On that like, catwalk area. Yeah, I don't know where that hideout was. This one in Rio de Janeiro, where Jacob goes, was he said it was an old mine, an old mine that he used to hang out. So, oh, so, so it's not I the same as it, it, it might be. It if it is, it's just definitely another room because they don't have any of the magnets or computer stuff or things. But um, yeah, wait. So, all right, so let me get this straight, Dom. Goes to Rio de Janeiro. Letty goes to the Antarctic. Antarctic. Uh, Roman and the others go to London, and then Jacob just goes around the world with Lil B. And yeah, does Mia well, come there- back in the film after they try kidnapping Lil B? No, right? I don't think so. She yeah, might be in the plane or something. But for me, this movie gave like a full meal that satisfied me, but also somehow feels like a firm part one because there are so many things. I mean, even uh Deckard shock shows up for the one scene. Like we- the only, the only things that they really missed were, you know, stopping and seeing for me in my head, I'm thinking here, Jesse 
the one guy and they didn't stop at the grave for the the guy the red guy and i'm trying to draw a blank on what his name was but that came back in fast or in fast five down the there in car? brazil he was the one in the red car he had the um uh, i think it was like a red sleeve the shirt on fought brian against the truck in the in the first movie uh, oh vince vince there you go Okay. So those those are like the only three people off the top of my head that I can think of that they like didn't stop or mention in this movie. <laughs> yeah, where's Nico? <laughs> yeah, Vince's son. Yeah. Um, but overall, it felt it felt fine. Uh, like I said, I, I'd make a few tweaks, but overall, it felt fine. I can't. I'm excited for the next one. At the same time, I'm like, please don't be as over the top in the next one. Make I wanted a little bit more grounded, little little less like um, cartoony where you smash a car you jump a car into a crane into the side of a into the side of a cliff and then drive away or drop a car out of a plane with absolutely no parachute and that everything's good we just land in a car back out and keep going forward um so a little bit like dial some of the less dial it back just a little bit i do want the <laughs> unrealistic things because otherwise this movie would be kind of lame so but um i wish i would, just, would tweak that back just a little bit at least give them a, a parachute a slight parachute <laughs> something Sure. Fun fact, uh, the bomb in the room sequence was done for real. Like like an actual it, bomb exploded and they, it was a set for... Because <laughs> I've never been to Rome, but I'm fairly convinced that Rome is entirely not downhill um, because that bomb like never stopped rolling downhill ever. It got stuck oh. on a rail and then it got bumped and it kept rolling downhill. So unless the Vatican is at the uh, the base of a giant mountain, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think the Vatican's at the top of a mountain, technically. Well, then like, that, bomb, it, no. that bomb's not going to make it. <laughs> Everything except the steps sequence was done in Rome, apparently. Like, the step sequence they had to recreate, because if they broke it, they'd be in a lot of trouble. And apparently while they were filming, some guy, like, rented a, a charger or something and went down the steps and broke it himself. But not the production. <laughs> But no, they they had like cables and stuff and a charger, and that's essentially all they had. They had it like roll, and then the charger was doing what it was doing, helping it slow for the sequences. Apparently, like that was that was real. That's crazy because like yeah, that that thing was like rolling downhill like the entire yeah the entire sequence. And they actually lit the ball on fire. The fire wasn't CGI. Even <laughs> it was. Uh, I didn't um, I didn't believe it. That was from the Real Blend podcast as well, interviewing the director. There's no way, and this is in the trailers too, there's no way when Dom like clips that awning to bring the awning down, there's no way that that awning stopping those flames. Yeah, it doesn't help completely. <laughs> like it's not like Fate of the Furious where cars can actually stop fire like they're a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> but these are the rules that we're playing with. So verisimilitude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I really liked Alan Richards. Richardson, the, the guy from Reacher. Fantastic. Only because it's been there for so long. Do you want me to correct your name? <laughs> oh, I don't care. I've noticed it a long time ago. It didn't didn't bother me. Okay. <laughs> uh but yeah, what anything else you want to talk about before we go back to the tier list? No, I'm I'm good. I would go go see it if you haven't seen it. Um, I'll probably end up picking up this movie probably day one, more than likely. I do want to rewatch it, but yeah, solid solid movie, solid entry. Yeah, I I had a lot of fun with this. I fucking hate Umberto, whoever who worked for the rap, who spoiled Dwayne Johnson's return for everybody. 
I didn't I didn't see it. I mean, I expected it, especially when they brought back the the credit scene of like the room that um what's his name set up um Jason Momoa set up and had everybody's thing. So I kind of expected it was the rock. The one I didn't see happening was um Gal Gadot. I did not kind of expect that. I thought she was pretty firmly dead, but at the same time in the back of my mind, nobody in this franchise is actually dead. So yeah, apparently those two ideas were Louis Leterrier's because he's a fan of the Fast franchise. And he said that with The Rock specifically, it took some convincing, but he reached out months ago. And the thing that finally got him to say yes was he invited him to see the movie. So people joked, and I, I thought the same thing, that this was probably filmed a week ago uh, before the movie came out. And it probably was because the film was finished. But no um my so, my my joke on that was his dc movie flopped he hasn't made a good movie in how long now at this point like this is the last thing he's got like he's clinging on for some good <laughs> some good publicity and some good movie to push him back into other roles i think yeah, jungle I, cruise is probably his last good role in my mind off the top of my head oh god you're so kind because that movie is a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's not Red Notice. It's not um, the DC movie that I can't even think of the name of off the top of my head, even though we reviewed it. Black Adam. Black Adam. I can't think of it. Like Jungle Cruise is probably the last good movie. Don't rewatch it then. <laughs> okay. I'll just say my ignorance. Um, my blissful ignorance. Uh, but no, if, if I had actually at the time and planned it i would have already released my uh dwayne johnson earned his black or black adam's failure video and i would have predicted that i mean that's why he's doing the live action moana because it's easy it's gonna make money i I guess moana's not bad but i don't he's not a main he's not the main character i mean moana's gonna be a piece of shit (laughs) the live action and me you know if uh you know because if you go back to moana uh, Maui gets beat up a lot. <laughs> yeah. Dwayne Johnson's not going to do that for his live action. So he's already ruining certain parts of the film. And uh, everyone that I've seen talk online about it hates the idea because it's not even, you know, we haven't had 80 years with it or 40 years or 70 or whatever. Uh, it's just way too soon. Um, yeah, that that was definitely motivated by Black Adam's failure. He's like, but, ah, I had an actual bomb. Yeah, I need I need to get back in the spotlight, and I need I need a positive I need a positive role to put me back into where I want to be because yeah. he was fighting for some other DC characters that he wanted to, and I think he kind of got his the door shut on his hand on that one. Yeah, and now coming back here, I'm. I mean, yes, I'm sure it helped that the movie was good, but I also would not be surprised if he was just playing hard to get after uh, the movie bombed. Because what, Black Adam came out, must have been like four months ago. Um, October 21st, 2022, because I'm looking at his, uh, or his Wikipedia. Yeah, so I think uh, Dwayne Johnson in, is in his... Uh, is in his damage control phase where he's like, okay. Oh, by the way, now I'll say it when we do the tier list for fast X, but the final era <laughs> that I have a corny name for, but yeah. Uh, what is it? This is how it happened. So there were screenings where people talked about it before the Rome premiere. Then the Rome premiere happened. Then the rap with Umberto, I forget his name, but, uh, they they had the exclusive and they put it in the headline and everyone else put it in the headline that the rock was returning for fast X 
with a week left before the film. So everybody online who saw that, who talked about it on YouTube, agreed. This was not an exclusive. This was not a scoop. This was just a sp- Even if other people hadn't seen it at the premiere and could have told Humberto Gonzalez, I don't know his last name. I don't want to say for sure. Uh, with it being less than a week that the movies came out, this was a sport. Um, so it was just dirty. They could have done a headline of the most shocking character returns in, or spoiler tag, spoiler returns in Fast X, something. That would I, I, I buried my head pretty well. Um, I had seen like one trailer for this movie. I buried my head pretty well and um, kind of avoided a lot of things. So I didn't see that spoiler. Um, but I, I had a feeling that eventually, because I know that his c- career wasn't doing so well, that this was the last thing. And I figured he would, you know, on in the private, you know, kind of put his tail between his legs, go back to Vin and say, yeah, let's do this. Um, everybody wants me back. Let's let's go ahead and make this happen. Let's we'll squash our beef later, but uh, we'll I'll come back for this movie for you. So that's kind of how I assumed it went. And then, um, yeah, yeah, once I saw it, ac- the actual movie, I was like, oh, OK, yeah, this makes sense. Yeah, I uh, just to mislead my friend Richard, who I saw it with, I saw it with my daughter and Richard. Uh, when the Fast Five sequence was happening in the beginning, I laughed when Dwayne Johnson was supposed to come on if the flashback showed his face. I was like, I thought they were going to force Dwayne Johnson to be in a Fast and Furious movie again, just to, just to like make that mid credit scene a little more surprising. But <laughs> that would have that would have been such a good moment you know after two uh, two hours and never thinking he'd come back and having that mid-credit scene and just like <gasps> what it would have been so beautiful and the rap had to fuck it up yeah well I'm, it didn't fuck it up for me and uh, like i said i i ex- kind <laughs> of i kind of knew it was coming at the same time but kind of didn't i mean it was a surprise for me but this not a surprise like a birthday present that you're like oh i've been asking for this and asking for this thing for for quite a while now Will I get it? Will I not get it? Oh, I got it because I've been asking for it for so long. <laughs> Thanks, mom. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I mean, honestly, I'll I'll have to wait till Tyrese talks about it because I can't trust uh, Dwayne Johnson to tell us how it really was on set. And I'm sure Vin will say something. And I'm sure Vin will say something that kind of toes the line between being uh, passive aggressive and uh, PR. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I, well, my little PR. brother Dwayne came on and we had a great old time, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. it's like, all right. But if Tyrese comes out, I was like, yeah, we actually had a barbecue. It was fine. We squashed our beef. I'd be like, all right, I'll trust whatever comes out of Tyrese's mouth. Just like I would trust uh, Dave Batista. since when James Gunn got fired, Dave Batista was like, I will literally stare down Disney if they don't use that fucking script. They can fucking sue me <laughs> and tyrese is like why is dwayne johnson such a bitch <laughs> you know something about that just makes me trust him later uh but all right so now- so before I do the tier i got okay. one one question or well two questions um do you think this is going to be a two-part or three-part and then my second question is do you think that this will be the end of these characters and that the fast franchise will continue with something else with different characters. Do you think that it'll continue on with spinoffs of characters? Uh, or do you think this is, that'll be the end of the franchise and that'll, it'll sit for dormant for 10 plus years. I want it to be three. I, I don't know if it will be three, 
Um, Something big has got to happen if it's going to make it into a third movie. Yeah, they're they're definitely going to have to add more. However, with the writer's strike, that's just giving Vin Diesel more time to think about it since he is a producer. Um, And I kind of want, you know, one thing I'm going to call is we're going to have Brian back on screen somewhere. They've already they've already kind of made that um, a thing. I mean, there's been that is one thing I didn't get. not spoiled to me, I guess. He's not in this movie outside of the beginning scenes, but they've already they've already got Cody agreeing to um, do the motion capture and stuff. And I and I would imagine they've already filmed some scenes for this movie and that they got cut out because I, I saw Cody in a motion in a motion suit or whatever the white dots and stuff. There's a photo. Oh, of that. okay. All so right. I would imagine that they cut out some of the stuff for this movie, and that that's going to be the big reveal in the next movie. That might be the end of the next movie of like brian's back and then brian and vin rule the world in 13 or 12 or whatever it is i didn't know that um about cody and that i mean vin diesel put it into our all of our heads after furious 7 like he was the first one that i remember mentioning possibly bringing him back again for uh when the franchise is about to end so if we get to if we can get brian in two of them that would be amazing i, I don't see that happening just it, because they would, they would have to stretch out a bad guy for quite a while. That I don't think it can be Momoa unless Momoa is the bad guy. We finish Momoa in the next movie and then Alan Reacher. I'm just going to call him Reacher because I don't remember what his actual last name is. Um, stretches it to the to the third movie where he's the ultimate bad guy. I mean, that'll, that'll be a challenge all in itself. But yeah. in terms of bringing Brian back, I would like two full movies, but I don't see that happening out of just a healthy fear of overusing this, what could be argued as a cash grab. Like if Tupac being a hologram at a concert is controversial, you know, everyone's got to be scared of bringing Brian back and not doing a good yeah. job. I, I think they would bring him back at the end of, if they're going to do three, they would bring him back at the end of the next one. And then he would be all of 12. Yeah, so I would like three, especially since I'm calling this era the, uh, I'm going to bring the screen just for it. I'm calling the Fast X era the victory lap era. (laughs) So I hope we get three, just, you know, them enjoying and really making, taking their time to have a final huge, massive story. Um, I don't, Look, most of this film was developed by Justin Lin. So, and most of the parts that I love are in the part that was developed by Justin Lin. So, I don't know if Louie will do the make these last two the greatest films in the whole franchise. But to answer your question, I think Vin Diesel is going to retire after these, but he will keep producing. I mean, he's already said that he he developed a all female spinoff script he developed that game that everybody hates he developed that tv show that i liked and kids probably like but is very not talked about in the franchise um and then i think down the line he'll eventually come back just because he misses it and wants to um but i i really want that female spinoff i want it and i also want to make my atlantic drift (laughs) (laughs) um and then you know Dwayne Johnson has talked about seven bucks production 
has been kicking around ideas for a Hobbs and Shaw too. So I would not be surprised if that happens because Dwayne Johnson wants easy wins. You know, if Hobbs and Shaw can make $800 million, I think if he could make another Hobbs and Shaw and somehow get the release date in between Fast X Part 2 and 3, that would make another $800 million. Even if we all hated Hobbs and Shaw 1, we'd be like, well, you know, maybe because he came back, maybe it'll be fine. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it won't be. <laughs> it, if somehow Vin Diesel can help produce it, I th- I think they'd have a better chance, uh, but I don't know if that yeah. could happen. My, my, my guess is, yeah, my guess is that, that Vin Diesel, that this group of characters will be no more after the end of this saga of two or three movies. My guess is probably three. Cause I f- think they'll figure out a way to stretch it for the extra money and to make sure that they get everybody a chance to, you know, really say their goodbyes. I, I think there's going to be some heartfelt moments of, we're going to lose people. And I think we're going to be like, like, um, infinity war to end game mm-hmm. where everybody's kind of beaten. Um, and they need to figure out. And I think that's when Brian will come back and Brian will have some trick up his sleeve. He'll drift in off the, off the screen <laughs> in the air and, um, dive into the ocean after, after these movies are done, I would imagine that they will do some, uh, a few spinoffs kind of like not, um, not Hobbs and Shaw like, but more individual. I think they might have more of a character-driven like prequel series, um, whether they do that a TV or a movie. But I don't think it'll be like a core or a coordinated release. I think it'll just be like, ah, you know, we'll we'll do this and we'll spend two years doing this, and then in the following year we'll release it. We'll take a little bit of a break. We'll write something. You know, five years down the line we might release something. I think it'll be more of like passion projects, kind of a system versus you know, all right, this is a set goal. We're going to do three movies. We're going to do this kind of like how star Wars is things yeah. going to be more like passion project E and, um, but I don't think after this movie, we will see this group of character on screen again ever. I think we might get a few spinoffs of some of these characters, but that'll be about it. We might see like a Ramsey backstory. She's still pretty young. Um, stuff like that. Some people have predicted that they're setting up a young Avengers type of thing, you know, probably because Dom was talking to Han and saying, uh, that's what it's all about for the next generation to be better versions of ourselves, which I love. I actually love. I think some people need to remember that we're trying to make people better than us <laughs> for the yeah. next generation. Also, I'm going to do one little prediction. The moment when Han was going up to Roman uh, and Roman says, eh, don't talk to me. Like he's getting disrespected at the uh, barbecue. I think Han, (laughs) I think that's going to be a false flag of Han was going to be like, hey, so uh, I don't need the dating app because Giselle's still alive. (laughs) Although I do want to say Mr. Nobody, when they're trying to find them in Rome saying, uh, or little nobody, when he's like, I even tried Han's dating app. Yes, and still couldn't get a hold of them. <laughs> that was great. I love that. Okay, we've been going for, it's going to be edited, so it won't be at this point, but two hours and 25 minutes, which <laughs> I don't know if I made my joke that we we were so quick with the tier list at the beginning. <laughs> where where would you put Fast X? Um, I'm probably still going to put it in the... I'm probably just doing this because I have to scroll. Don't nobody get angry. Oh, it's, oh no, it's in the F tier. I, I I would probably drop it right where it's at right now. Again, for me, it's probably like it's probably slightly higher than nine. 
um, but probably not by much. And so nine, I put like a C plus B minus like, um, so I'm probably going to say B minus C plus. Uh, so it's probably slightly higher than mine. All right. Let's- so me, I would actually, and this is weird, especially because when we were talking about doing part one, I was like, this just feels like a part one. Uh, and this does feel like a part one, but I said it, it still gave me a full meal. So it does feel a little more standalone even though structurally that makes no sense because almost everything is on a cliffhanger of what's the end of the story. But personally, having faith that two and a possible part three would make one satisfying story, I would put it somewhere between Furious 7 and Fast 5 um, because I think this did a great job of making it feel more grounded than like the F9 did and giving us a more unique situation but i'd probably you said b minus c plus right yeah i i would in in my world i would have it between the fast and the furious and i like like saying that's my favorite and (laughs) f9 is probably if if we put if you put that there and swapped tokyo drift in one that would probably be my rating in order all right so i i was feeling S minus A plus, like somewhere in between there, but I don't want to like push it so much that this is getting into A tier since you're B minus C plus. So I think averaging, I would put it. I, I would probably put A, but it's going to be after five before Tokyo Drift. If, if you average it out, okay. if you're like an S minus, I'm at like a B minus, then it'd be like an A minus. Yeah, all right. That's, I was going to put it down here, but yeah, that, that feels balanced and nice once this is a full story i think it has the potential to be the best but louis leterrier who's traditionally not a director i put a lot of faith in like i enjoyed the incredible hulk but it was fine i i think i saw the opening to transporter 2 in like a doctor's office and it looked (laughs) real bad solid Solid. i didn't like it but he did a really good job with this film it'll just really depend on if he as a director brings something great to two and three, or he just does the job. And by great, I don't mean bringing back Giselle, which is great, and Hobbs, which is also great. I mean like visually and creatively, because the end of the movie, the last act, while I really enjoyed it, was the least interesting part to relatively speaking that sounds like an insult but i'm trying like it it was firing on 11 cylinders which i don't know if is a thing because i don't know cars in the beginning and by the end it was firing on eight or nine cylinders like still doing good but we're not where we're at during the beginning and this is my favorite villain of the whole thing if uh he's he's probably still my parts i'd i'd be like please don't be in all of them (laughs) he's probably my favorite villain out of all the movies i mean he's probably right up there with um um owen shaw no not owen shaw the uh lady from eight cypher cypher she's probably up there um because i really like cypher but he's, he's probably better he's probably the best villain for me cypher for me had the most promise and with Charlize theron in the role yes. and was the was poorly executed especially at f9 i mean I, I i think it goes downhill i don't think i wish it got resolved better and then they it kind of felt like they just kind of limped her into nine they did a good job with her here i thought her yeah. scene with dante was amazing that whole sequence 
But uh, all right, cool. So we've got uh, <laughs> well, the, if we uh, if we are truthful and just show how much of an egomaniac I am, uh, we've ended up with my favorite in the top spot and my least favorite at the bottom spot. So <laughs> my ego um, is satisfied. <laughs> there was only like so we did eleven movies. Of those eleven, I think there was only five or six that we didn't agree. Like I think order wise, I think we are pretty close. Six and seven, one and two, six, seven, five, one and two, one, two, three. And then we disagreed a little bit in the middle, but the bottom, yeah, the bottom we're we're agreeing on. So the only thing we're really missing is the middle. So I'll add this for the end, but uh for Furious Seven, and I'm not like this normally, but I I just could. I bought out a theater for Furious Seven. Uh, for me and my friends, we went to, uh, we had this whole adventure for the night. And since I was coordinating it, I was like, I'm not going to drink. And because of that, in this theater, which was a great experience, um, I didn't get to cry at the end because I was sober. I think if I had one or two beers, I would have been just a ball of tears, but I didn't get to. People who ha- were not caught up cried at the ending. That's how powerful that was. People who were not invested in this franchise. But fast forward to 2020. I'm watching it with my daughter. I'm drinking wine. And then I've come to the end. I'm just fucking bawling. And she doesn't know what happened. She doesn't know what Paul Walker, but she's like, why are you crying? And this is like ugly crying. Like, <laughs> I was, I like basically said he passed away and blah, blah, blah. But it really, it was just years and years of that cry waiting to happen. And it finally got to come out. Also, I forgot to mention. Fast X made me cry. Can you guess which part? It wasn't Jacob dying. Shocker. <laughs> it was when The Rock came back. And you're like, no. Um, <laughs> Why did you ruin that for me? The rap, you professional assholes. <laughs> you know, I, I I don't know. I didn't. I don't think there's any scenes that I even got kind of emotional at. It. No one would be able to guess it. What this. little B got? Little B got taken. No, it was when Tej and I. I think it's just the fact that at most jobs and with like the relationship with my parents, I'm never validated when I do a good job. So when he said, you, uh, you got us to London in a container, you ha- you paid for everything with money strapped on, on you, you saved us, and you're taking responsibility for this whole thing that's really our responsibility. That sounds like a leader. And I was like... <laughs> It does sound like a leader. He did such a good job, and he got validated. He's always getting clowned on my t- like I did cry, and I'm making my face red for dramatic. But I, I was also tearing up thinking about that. Like that was just a really sweet moment to me. Like they're they are brothers. That yeah, that's oh, what yeah. their fight hit me as. Like them wrestling on the ground. I was like, oh, I've seen that with uh with like brotherly kids they just fucking yeah, siblings fight yeah because they're bickering all the time um and it just felt really good to have a change uh from tej just constantly clowning on him which is always funny but when he comes out and actually supports him whoo that hit i was like oh that's the benefit of or 11 in like how often do you get these levels of characters outside of a tv show in terms of continuity and history but even then in tv shows a lot of actors come and go and a lot of characters come and go so you you might have a core group you know two or three people that have been through most of the seasons 
But I mean, we've been through with Tyrese, we've been through nine movies with Ludacris. We've been through nine movies together. I mean, well, I guess, okay, technically it's not, it's, it's eight because it's not eight. Tokyo Drift. So it's two, it's two minus, minus one and two All right. or one, one and three. So Tyrese gets introduced in two. He's and obviously so not Chris and so does Ludacris, but he's not in Tokyo Drift. Um, is Ludacris in Fast and Furious? Ooh, I don't think so. No. Because I think it's the other two guys. Uh, yeah. Uh, they do come in Fast Five, Furious Six. So Seven, one, eight, two, three, or wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So they're in seven full movies. Yes, sir. Oh, man, this is a... Uh, man, can you imagine uh, who was it? Who was the guy that Ludacris replaced? Ja Rule. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> can you imagine Ja Rule trying to clown on Tyrese Gibson? Oh, it wouldn't. Monica! <laughs> ja Rule would have ended up, I don't think with the paycheck that Ja Rule was trying to get for two, he would have ever uh, become the clown, quote unquote. That's not disrespect to Tyrese because he's, that's the part he's playing. I don't think Ja Rule would have been able to put his ego aside enough to be the comedic relief <laughs> clown. Yeah, no, I'm and I'm glad he didn't because I think Tyrese, just based on interviews, he seems he seems like Roman is Tyrese. Tyrese is Roman. He just it show he shows up on set and just like, all right, what am I saying? Cool, this is what yeah. I'm saying. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, just do you, but say these words. <laughs> and on the flip side, I never would believe Ja Rule trying to clown on Tyrese. I'd be no. like, excuse me, Monica. Like, I would just say that every time he'd try to insult Tyrese. I'd be like, oh, really, Monica? <laughs> Everyone would yell at me in the theaters. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> we get it. We know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> and then the whole theater would turn and actually defend me if one person was like who the fuck is monica (laughs) they'd be like how dare you this guy's the second biggest idiot in this theater (laughs) (laughs) um i don't know sorry i was just looking at hobbs and shaw and feeling disappointed again What's your tier list? Yell at me for all my (laughs) uh discretion or all my crimes and uh, if there's anything you want to yell at Brad about, uh, just know that I, I'm holding his family hostage and his kitty cat, his kitty. I'm holding yeah. his kitty hostage. Oh, that was, and that was, funny. <laughs> that, that scene was funny too. Cause he's like, he just kills the one guy. He's like, he actually doesn't have anything. I don't, he doesn't have a family, a cat, yeah. nothing. <laughs> he didn't have any, not even a kitty. Sad. And just licks the blade and like a fucking lollipop. Gosh, I, I want to see Dante be this year's Halloween costume. <laughs> like that's, that's what I'm going to go for. I'm not going to have the hair, but I'm going to have the fingernail polish. I'm going to ask people to hold up fake guns just so I can caress them. offer <laughs> <laughs> oh, everyone nail polish. <laughs> can oh, I do boy. your toenails? I've got some tape for your face. <laughs> <laughs> uh i honestly i would be if they could find a way that it's not exhausting that i that it doesn't grow old i would actually be down for a four-parter because in rome michelle rodrigo is like there's a beginning middle and end to every story and in my mind i was like yes but act two is always twice as long so (laughs) 
<laughs> let's do four parts <laughs> um but i i want dante i i do i respectfully disagree i want dante to always be the main villain so he's always being crazy in these all the way up until the last credits but yeah. if uh if this ended and we didn't get that female spinoff i would be disappointed like that script already exists let's see it <laughs> yeah i mean I, I wouldn't be opposed i definitely wouldn't be opposed to it i just didn't i don't I don't know. I just think that at the end of this, we will not see these characters on screen together again as these characters. I don't think it'll, we may have some spinoffs of some of one-offs of like, um, you know, maybe of ludicrous of how you got to be, or maybe we have a spinoff of, you know, Giselle or something like that. But I don't think we'll have, we won't see this group together. Honestly, I'd be down if like Brie Larson becomes, with her dad because he's going to come back eventually he's missing uh if she became the new head of the agency or co-head with her dad and then just we just got missions we got the fem- the all-female spinoff that's a mission for the agency we get uh tej and roman and han and giselle go on a mission that's another mission i'd be down but if these movies don't bring back l and jacob like Jacob at least one more time in these final these victory lap movies. I think that's going to retroactively make F9 a worse movie. Like, oh, so in the grand scheme of things, this movie introduced two more characters, one we never saw again if it's L, if she doesn't show back up, and another who just who was apparently the most important new character and they died one movie later. It would just cheapen yeah, I I'm gonna take a guess and a shot in the dark and say that he comes back. John Cena's character comes back just because I don't think he got the dramatic ending that we are gonna need um, to make his character pay off. Just like anybody that dies permanent deaths at the ends of these movies, if they don't get like a a little bit to themselves of like a final goodbye type of things, um, kind of like what they do in like the Marvel movies and stuff like that, where they kind of get that last little hurrah and then die. He did get that though. Yeah, I mean, no. I I'm I agree that it didn't work, but like the first time I watched it, I thought he had his hand on the roof, which uh Elena's sister did when she flipped over in the race and she survived. So I was like, "Oh, if you're saying that he survived because he put it, that's going to be silly, but I'd rather have that." On my second watch, like he did the whole speech and everything, although I think he should have said, "I fucked up." Like I let your, uh, my nephew, your son get kidnapped. I need to make it up or something. I don't know. But in this one, when he's flipping, he's holding the, the cross Cross. chain. And I was like, Oh, Oh, he's holding the cross chain instead of the roof. Do they really think this is working? Oh no. Um, so I, I think the only way that he comes back is if there's enough noise online because if people didn't know, Letty's death in Fast and Furious was always meant to be permanent. Like that's what Justin Lin said. That was the plan. They planned on fridging Letty essentially, and then they changed their mind later. So I hope they didn't intend it to be permanent. And if they did, I hope they changed their mind. <laughs> Cause yeah, even if we didn't, if they make that death not actually happen, I don't think what do you think? Do you think they could actually kill off uh, Jacob in a part two or three and have it be real? Yeah, I think they can. I, th- I think they can do it. Um, we kind of see him just 
we kind of see him just like shoot the rockets and kind of blow up a little bit. So I do think he can. I do think there is a possibility that he comes back. And then maybe instead of him dying at the end, um, he's one of the last survivors of the Toretto family. And he he's the one that gets to raise little Brian. Because I think at the end of this, I think Dom has to die. I think at the end of the, the day, I think Vin Diesel cannot make it out alive. That would be that would and, be really interesting. Yeah. And then he's the one that carries the Toretto name. Um, and then Mia is badly injured, but makes out alive. But Dom doesn't. I think that's, in my eyes, that's how this movie ends. Is Dom ultimately sacrifices himself for the family, gets a forty-five minute monologue of some sorts, um, and then yeah, sacrifices himself for the team. I could see it going two ways. I really like that. I really, I want that now. I want Jacob to come back and help continue the family and be a supportive member of the family. Because I think John Cena would stay on forever. I think he'd be really like chill. Like as long as these are satisfying movies and people are enjoying it, I'll, I'll stay on forever for whatever sequels past this. But if he came back and had to die, I think there could be a really great moment where Brian comes back for the final movie or final two movies. Somehow John Cena, I, I would like them to get a scene, although with everything being CGI, I don't know how you choose what scenes to do. But I think there could be a really powerful moment near the third act in the third act of whatever the final film is where Brian is about to die, just straight up gets shot. No questions that's going to happen. And John Cena gets in the way and he gets, he dies. Maybe not shot. I don't know. I'm thinking of the suicide squad where James Gunn showed uh, Rick Flagg's heart being stabbed to really be like, no, this isn't a fake out death. He's not coming back. If we had something like that with Jacob and saving Brian, I think that could justify doing a fake out death and having a real death so soon after. Uh, yeah. The only thing I'm worried about with a uh, Brian death is because it already happened <laughs> like for real, for real. So I, I think a, a Brian on screen oh, death, not killing Brian, almost killing Brian. Yeah. gets in the way. I, I just don't see a way that they bring Cody in to play, Paul, play for Paul Walker. And then Brian Spilner, Brian O'Connor dies in the movie i just don't think i think that'd be really tough and i think that'd be a really difficult scene to do and still please an audience i don't think i explained it well enough no uh, not you did i'm just saying i'm just thinking out loud here of like you you could not kill that character so if you would need somebody to sacrifice himself like john cena i that would that would make it but i think i i would want him to stay alive i'd want dom to sacrifice himself or dom even the only way Brian could die in my mind is if Dom and Brian did it together. Well, I th- me, yeah, uh, I don't want Brian to die at all. But if John Cena is going to die, or if John Cena is going to show up in another Fast and Furious movie, but actually die, I don't think see a scenario outside of him very directly saving Brian O'Connor where we where we would believe it or want it to happen. You know, like if he, if he died for anybody else, we'd be like, okay, but he already fake died once. So he could come back. But if he died for Brian, I think we'd all be like, that is the most noble way to go out. Don't you fucking cheapen that. Don't you take that away from us because he fucking died for, <laughs> you know, a man you, had me going there, you had me going there for a second. I was like, oh, 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 what? I, th- I thought we were going to see tears. 
I mean, if that actually happened in the theaters, you will. <laughs> you oh, yeah. will see tears. I will FaceTime middle of the night and be like, <laughs> I'm crying right now. And everyone else will be like, shut up. <laughs> Second biggest idiot in this theater. <laughs> but yeah, cool. I'm God, I, I want two more parts. I, literally only because of Dante. What? <laughs> uh, this is our uh, official tier list. <laughs> only almost three hours. Uh, again, where did I fuck up or where did Brad fuck up? But I have his kitty cat is kitty hostage. So he has to, (laughs) (laughs) so I have to agree. (laughs) He had to choose everything. Even when it was, I even orchestrated him disagreeing with me so that it seemed natural. Totally. (laughs) Um, did you know that Dom killed his family? That video's below. And also, uh, fast X recycled. The worst character in Furious 7. You also see him on screen. Bye-bye. Follow Bradley Cooper on his socials. I'm going to do this so you can see the socials more. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye-bye now. <laughs>